Hello, friends. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. If you're not following From Within Records on social media, please go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. If you're looking for high quality merch for your band, for your business, please go follow my friends on Instagram at Good Fortune Printing out of Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. If you want to get in contact with them, please email them contact at goodfortuneprinting.com. This is it. This is the last episode of the year of 2022. And I'm happy to still be here. This is something that I do multiple times a week. It has not gone stale. I love doing this every week. It's still fun for me. I love uh, the process from beginning to end, from reaching out to people that I want to have on the podcast, from actually doing it to editing to the promo. It's fun. And I, I love running into all of you out in the wild. I appreciate all the kind words and I truly appreciate all of you taking your time out of your busy days, out of, uh, you know, your busy life to listen to the podcast, whether it be on a commute at work, free time, whatever. It's amazing to me to still have all of your support after so many years. I love this and it makes me happy that all of you love it too. So I appreciate everyone sticking with me for another year. We're going strong. Like I said, uh, January is already booked out. We got some cool stuff coming your way. February is already getting worked on, planning some shit. Like I said, uh, going to be traveling, linking up with Feet First Productions. Shout out to our good friend Jeff. I know a lot of you uh, really enjoyed the interview that I did with Bob Wilson. We will have more stuff like that next year, not just one interview. We're going to have a couple of things that we're going to do, which I can't speak on fully yet, but it's going to be awesome. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Shout out to From Within Records for always rocking with us. I love Carter Holmes, love the label. They're doing awesome stuff. Support them. Go listen to their uh, me, their podcast. Go buy their merch. Listen to the bands. Go pre-order a record. Do anything you can to support from within records. They're an amazing label and they're consistently doing amazing stuff. So shout out to from within records, good fortune printing, shout out Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. They're always doing awesome stuff and I'm so happy to see them consistently doing uh, work with amazing labels, amazing bands. So shout out to Nate Prosciutti, shout out to uh, good fortune, shout out Matt Wren, but I am truly grateful for all of you who tune in every week to this podcast. It's something that uh, has become a part of my life. So I'm eternally grateful and I, I, I don't like to get too sentimental all the time, but for it being the last episode of the year, I just want to just put it out there that I am humbled by your support. So thank all of you. Thank you to everyone who has taken the time to come on the podcast because it truly means the world to me that people will take time out of their day to sit and talk with me for hours on end. So thank all of you. But today we had to track down our good friend, Tyler Short. 
we did a Christmas special episode. We watched Werewolf by Night and the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. And it, it was fun, very entertaining. And I'm happy that we were able to get together once again before the year was over. Because honestly, I didn't think I was going to sit down and talk with Tyler on a podcast until uh, phase five. But the idea to do this special uh, just made sense. And it, it was a great excuse for us to get together again. And it was really fun. I like seriously, Tyler and I could talk for hours. It's pretty bad because even when we wrapped up this episode, we still sat and talked uh, for probably about another hour. I, I put off getting dinner because the conversation was just so fun. But uh, th that's just how it is with Tyler and I. So it, it's, it's always a pleasure for me to be able to sit down and talk to him and uh, just nerd out about this kind of stuff. But Watching these specials breathed new life into the MCU for me because I'm, I'm still a fan, always will be a fan, but things started to get a little stale, if I'm being honest, when it comes to the Disney Plus side. So uh, to be able to watch these specials and uh, gain some new perspective, it, it was awesome and very much needed. So I'm right back at it. This was amazing. And for anyone who hasn't seen Werewolf by Night or the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, I highly suggest you check it out. Both really fun and just shows that Marvel and Disney really has no limits. They could, they, they have such a deep pool to pull from when it comes to characters. So for them to be able to reach in, grab a Elsa Bloodstone and make a cool short or a, a special, excuse me, and captivate me, I'm, very excited because there's so many characters that I'm hoping that they uh, utilize in the future at some point, um, mainly Fantastic Four, which is a given it's going to happen. I'm just waiting and very much looking forward to seeing a great Fantastic Four film. Like I've always wanted a Fantastic Four film done by Marvel Studios, and we're going to get that. Hopefully I'm around to see it through because who knows when it's actually going to come out. It's not officially announced. We just know it's coming, but please go watch those specials. Come back here. Listen to Tyler and I nerd out about it. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. I will be back very soon. We're going to be coming strong. Like I said, January, we got a busy schedule and I plan to keep that throughout all of 2023 and just bring you guys more content. We're going to have more podcasts, uh, <laughs> gonna uh, do some blogs, uh, go read what I have up now, which is pretty interesting to look back on. The, the last blog is actually pretty sad. Uh, shout out to Weekly. Um, but let me break into this K pop so real quick before we actually go because I, I actually wanted to tie this in here. Uh, K pop was amazing this year, and I'm very much looking forward to all the events next year. Uh, Blackpink. It's going to be amazing. Maybe at Coachella. Uh, Twice is coming through. Uh, La Seraphim's going on tour. Uh, I'm going to Korea. Will I see Weekly in Korea? That's the big question. Who knows? But it's a bright future. Shout out to the OT5 and the Discord. It's amazing. I, I love K-pop. The uh, Nyon record is missing. For anyone who's wondering, I, I kept bumping into it and fall and it kept falling because uh, honestly, it wasn't really secure. Um, it's like down here somewhere, but we'll put it up again. Uh, but please strap in, enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, welcome Tyler Short to the show. Oh yeah, another year, another. 
are you ready? Look at the sparks in the air But this year, we gonna bring back the fun Let's go, gonna be a funky glitter Christmas We're back with our holiday special, which is awesome I didn't think we would be doing this so soon so uh I, I can't remember if it was you or me that had the idea to do a christmas special but I'm, I'm happy that we're here so welcome back tyler short i think we just made a joke about it last time and and here we are we would have been in time for the holidays if we both didn't work at uh terrible um jobs that destroy our lives around christmas <laughs> okay and, and i have to ask just because i saw a car drive by out your window is it snowing where you're at Oh, it snowed like crazy. Um, I want to say two, uh, well, like the couple days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe uh, might have been Thursday night. I think it might have been Thursday night. It started snowing really fucking crazy. We were under like a winter, uh, like snow advisory or weather advisory for like several days, and then again. I want to say Monday for a few hours we were we got hit again. So That's yeah, it's insane. Been a, it's been fucked. Yeah, see, out here in California we don't have to deal with that. Like snow uh-huh. isn't snow's an option cuz it snows on the mountaintop. So it's like if we want to go yeah. see snow, we'll drive 45 minutes or however long depending on where you're at up the mountains and then we get to experience snow. It, it's really like it is it's happened. Like snowfall has happened, but it's like really rare. Well, in Kentucky, too, like, I mean, when I was a kid, we would go through, like, I want to say when I was real young, um, Louisville would get snow pretty regularly every year. And then there was maybe like a five or six year period where I feel like we didn't see hardly any snow. Mm -hmm. And it would just be like 50s all winter. Um, Yeah, climate change is a bitch. Um, I, uh, it's been pretty, pretty radical the past few years though we've had real hot summers and then we've had some pretty brutal snowstorms but usually we only get like maybe one or two bad snows a year and they're not even that bad like everybody just forgets how to drive that seems really scary i i almost got hit today just leaving the parking lot on a normal day so i can't imagine uh you know crazy oh, we- like weather conditions i'm trying to remember where we were going but we were driving the other day and we were driving behind somebody who was driving so slow that I was scared when we were going to go up a hill mm-hmm. that they would start sliding backwards. Oh, geez. Yeah. Because they were driving so badly in the snow. They were literally driving like 15 miles an hour. And I was like, man, like, I get it if you're scared, but like, you got to like actually drive a speed that like will maintain momentum or you're going to slide backwards. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a, uh, it was pretty nerve wracking. I was glad when they turned. Yeah, that was uh, when I was younger, I had dreams of moving to Denver. And then I thought about uh, the time that I drove to Denver and having to deal with black ice and snow. It scared me enough to halt that move. Sorry, Matt. Yeah, dude, it gets way too cold in Denver. And also, uh, it's too expensive. I'm, I'm, I can imagine it's really nice out there uh, from the week and a half that I spent uh, years ago. So I, I can only imagine how expensive it is. Yeah, it's way too fucking expensive. I want to say it might be like a, like kind of a recent thing in just like the last five or six years that it's gotten completely uh, insane. But as long as I've known people living there, I can't believe they pay what they do in rent. It's insane. But okay, enough of the snow. Let's get into yep. these holiday specials, which if I'm being honest, uh, Tyler, I had put these specials off 
because I didn't really have any interest because I, I I'm not sure if I was reaching this um, point of um, oversaturation when it kind of like mm-hmm. came to Marvel, especially on, on, on Disney Plus. Right. I mean, they went heavy yeah, content fatigue. Yeah, they, they went heavy with Disney Plus. And when I'm thinking about werewolves, not my favorite thing. And then also with Guardians, I'm so down on Guardians because in my mind, there's just no future in Guardians because yeah. James Gunn is leaving. And I don't and honestly, with the whole scandal of like the actors like uh, standing up for him. And I know <laughs> some of those actors um, have don't, don't have the best relationships with Marvel and Disney. So I just don't see a bright future for that whole cast like obviously I'm, I'm i'm a fan of every single one of them so i hope they stick around in some capacity but just knowing that fact i just wasn't that interested in it but when we had talked about doing the special i was like all right cool let me now i have a reason to watch this and if i'm being honest i feel so stupid for uh not being interested because uh when i watched werewolf by night and just looking into the director behind it, Michael uh, Giacchino, I, I hope I'm, I'm pronouncing that correctly. I was just blown away at his resume just because I'm such a huge Disney fan. I didn't Yo, I didn't look into him at all. What else has he done? So he, he's primarily been a, a composer for, uh, you know, film and television. And okay. yeah, and he's done. Uh, well, let me pull up his discography because he just has this like outstanding stuff so he has uh worked on um uh hold on i'm sorry i'm pulling it up right now he's he's worked on uh the incredibles and, and I'm, I'm doing all like the disney stuff obviously uh ratatouille uh he's worked on up he's worked on coco cars 2 just the, the amount of Di- really holy shit yeah just the amount of like disney stuff that, that he's, worked. he's he's always done like a whole bunch of other stuff i'm not trying to disrespect his career but i'm just talking in terms of disney just the amount yeah. of things that he's done i was like wow for them to uh you know uh let this guy who's been primarily a composer direct something like this like a special presentation i was uh just so curious and i'm um, actually really happy that they took that chance and did something different because i'm um, uh, not just Dude. my opinion, but a lot of people. This has Yo, been a great too. thing. Me too. I, uh, I I'll say this, man. Um, I'm I'm happy we we decided to do this too because it kind of you know put a like kick in my ass to watch these things L- legit. Like maybe halfway through Werewolf by Night when they're uh, we're in there in the crypt or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at Ash and I was like, this is what I want Marvel to do more of. Yeah, like it, it was like a classic up horror until film. That point, up until that point, I was like, f- I'm fucking captivated by this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, um, I don't know, it was just really human. Like, g- give a story about monsters and stuff. It was really human. Like, the way everybody interacted with each other, it felt like really natural. And like, uh, I don't know, man, I was really, uh, I was really impressed. That's crazy that he was mostly a composer because uh, that was one person I was kind of uh, meaning to look more into, uh, you know, before we were talking now. But, uh, Holy shit, that's crazy. I wonder I wonder how many things he's directed then. I, I think he's only done like two things. I just to, I, I'll, I'll, Fuck I'll, that, dude. That's awesome. Holy shit. Yeah, hold on. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up his... Okay, so filmography, right? So he's done a, a, a short film titled a Monster Challenge in 2018. He did Star Trek Short Treks in 2019. Just an episode titled Ephraim and Dot. 
and Werewolf by Night. That's all he's done for television oh, as, a, as a director. Everything else has dude, been music. They should let him do more. They should let him do more, especially in this monster verse thing they're doing. Yeah. And, and he knocked it out of the fucking park. And for me, just going into it blind, right? Obviously, like I, I knew there was like a werewolf involved, but I wasn't did zero research. But then as like they're explaining about um Ulysses and then they start talking about um Elsa, it, it clicked in my head because I, I used to I, I play this mobile game called Marvel Strike Force and I unlocked mm-hmm. a character called Elsa Bloodstone, and that's all that's my frame of reference because I'm not too yeah. familiar with the character outside of that until now. And as I'm watching it, I'm like Oh shit! Is this going to be Elsa Bloodstone? And then it clicked. I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is like another thing that I can, you know, uh, reference this character towards. Yeah. And for them to, and, and obviously the gears start turning in my head, and I'm like, all right, they're good. They're, they're building here. They're not doing this special presentation as a, a one shot. Like these characters are going to play some role, and there's so many places that they can fit in in, in the future, right? And all these upcoming things. Yeah, man, that's uh, I, I the 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 stuff I've seen is like these are going to be major characters if they move forward on this Midnight Sun stuff, and uh, fuck, man, I yeah, I, walking away from this, I was very, I was incredibly impressed by um, by just the way the pace of it, the story, like all the visuals, like um, the like, I, and and I'm weird, man, like I don't know, uh, something about black and white, like. I can do it, but mm-hmm. I don't think I appreciate it as much as I probably should when I do get to see things in black and white. And um, this was really good in black and white. Yeah, I, like it um, hit that tone right for that, that like that classic horror, yes. like old school vibe. And I, I was into it because I honestly didn't know it was gonna be black and white until um, I was like, you know, a couple of minutes in. I'm like, okay, this is the vibe that they're going with. This is really cool. It, it just gave some like weird, um, not weird, but like this classic, like n- nostalgic uh, horror mm-hmm. vibes. And I was like, all right, this is uh, you know, for me growing up. I wasn't I'm not like a big film buff <laughs> or anything. So um, all like the classic horror movies, all the like the older films that I know all my friends are into that um, have seen a ton of black and white. That wasn't me. So for me to be able to enjoy something new and something that is in my realm in black and white, it, I, it made me want to go and experience the other stuff that my friends, uh, you know, all know about. Yeah, I mean my my experience in black and white it's like the Marx brothers and uh and uh you know um fucking uh young young Frankenstein which was you know decided to be in black and white didn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Those are like my uh my black and white movies that I'm I'm familiar with that I used to watch when I was a kid. I wasn't really a a Citizen Kane guy or anything like that. For me, it, my like frame of reference when it comes to black and white was just watching like, um, do you remember the, um, Nick at Night? They used to show like I Dream of Jeannie, yeah. I Love Lucy, oh, yeah. like Gilligan's yeah, Island. I mean, as far as TV goes, yeah, I mean, I watched yeah. fucking eternal amounts of I Love Lucy when Nick at Night was a thing. Yeah. So, but, uh, but as far as film goes, like, I mean, I just, I'm trying to think. I mean, I've definitely, you know, sat through, you know, some of the Christmas classics and whatnot. Like, what about um, uh, It's a Wonderful Life and shit, but. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, like, what, what was it in the movie? The, the comic book movie. It's, it's escaping me right now. Um, oh, Sin City. There you go, Sin City. That was pretty yeah, badass. Sin City, was, Sin City yeah. was pretty cool. That, uh, yeah, but no, I thought um, like, and, and with these things because they're so short. Like, I don't know if I can really go through it like as methodically as we usually go through these movies because, um, I like it's also been like I watched both of these over this 
you know span of three weeks mm-hmm. and now we were supposed to talk about this last week but we both were too busy that um i can't really remember exactly like chain of events wise but like lots of lots of different moments in these movies or these special presentations or whatever um like really stuck out to me um i thought the i thought the monster looked cool the um the man thing or man whatever. thing mm-hmm. Ted, um that uh, thought he looked cool that was surprising because like the the whole time i thought they were going to be fighting the werewolf <laughs> yeah no and that that was my thing too was the first like the first like 15 20 minutes when it, you get into seeing the uh the monster smoke somebody i was like huh i don't i don't think that's the that's what, what i'm supposed to be afraid of in this <laughs> Mm-hmm. and uh but yeah no i thought all that stuff looked i thought that was um really well done um the the puppeteering on the the corpse when he gives his uh his own eulogy that was a little morbid i was like this is this is kind of creepy i thought it was cool it was it was like uh some uh haunted house vibes like some shit that you'd see it like some shit, shit you'd see at fucking disney world mm-hmm like that's that's the thing that um kind of both of these uh both of these special presentations gave me was like the feeling of like, Oh, I could see this being something you'd walk around at Disney world, even like the maze, mm-hmm. like the maze that they're walking around in werewolf by night. I could see them like transporting that to a theme park. They, uh, Disney, uh, Disney sh- or Shanghai Disney, excuse me. I'm, I was trying to figure out the proper way to phrase it. Shanghai Disney has, uh, it's like a Alice in Wonderland hedge maze. Oh, really? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing going to this movie, I was uh, curious about uh, what type of level of like gore we were going to see, right? Because that's like like one of the horror movies. And I was like, are, are they going to be tame? Are we even going to see anything crazy? But when you see uh, Elsa chop off that guy's arm, yes, I was just like, holy shit! This is right, this is Disney, but this is crazy for Disney because th- they were going at it like this wasn't some you know, weak ass kills or anything that they just showed off screen, but no, she chopped this dude. And, and, and the way she fucking shot his, like the fucking yeah. shot him through the fucking neck and then holds his mouth while he fucking drowns in his blood. Mm-hmm. It's pretty brutal. That, that was like, Fuck. this is crazy. Um, so th- that, that caught me off guard, but also it, it just kind of set that tone. Like, okay, cool. Like they're not messing around. This is going to be pretty crazy. Yeah, and like I, I was, I was sh- kind of shocked too at like that amount of abrupt violence. Um, because I was like, oh, they're gonna go in and they're gonna hunt this thing, and I was expecting it to be all like you know, like hunter and hunted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh no, they're they're trying to kill each other too. Yeah, I I was a little surprised like, that too. caught me off guard. Yeah, it was like battle royale style. They were just uh like going wanting to kill um Elsa because they felt kind of cheated that she just got to kind of uh, mosey on in even though she yeah. didn't really um, have the credentials to, 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 to prove that she deserved to be there. Yeah, dude, I thought she was great in it too. I thought she, she did a really, had a really good performance. I don't know if I'm really familiar with that actress from anything else. Same here. I, I, I looked her up and uh, she's done a lot of, uh, you know, like TV roles, but just, I'm not like, you know, that um, uh, familiar with who she is. And, and even the stuff that, that she um, has been in just stuff that's not really up my alley. Yeah, the same same with the uh, the Jack Russell character, whatever. I uh, I wasn't too familiar with him, and also like that. God, fucking Marvel with the names, man, is so so funny. Just on the nose shit is just so funny. Like uh, when I was watching the breakdown and they were talking about the Jack Russell thing, I was like, damn, that's like 
a thing I should have picked up on immediately and known he was going to be the werewolf when they say when they refer to his name. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but yeah, no, man, I thought I thought it was a fun. Um, the violence was cool. Um, one of the reasons it was in black and white was so they could get away with that level of violence as well, because something about like red blood triggers like a harsher um, um, like MMA rating or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, like it being in black and white, they could get away with more more gore and violence because something about red blood triggers things in a way that uh, in black and white, you can just get away with it for some reason. So that makes me like kind of curious what they're going to do when it comes time to, uh, you know, go full bore in a Deadpool movie or, you know, some things like that. But I guess they're just, this is maybe them like uh, getting in, uh, getting into the pool via the steps rather than just, you know, cannonball or diving, diving on in. Well, I know that they had uh, mentioned that Deadpool will be rated R, and I think that yeah. you know they're they're going to keep that true to form, not try to um, you know. I just didn't know if they're going to you know keep it rated R as far as language, but then you know kind of like dial back the amount of uh, obscene violence. But there was so much obscene violence in Werewolf by Night. Yeah, it was crazy seeing um, Man Thing just uh, you know kind of melting people just emolting someone just like burning that dude that was so crazy to see and uh i think i saw something um like man thing being like a rip off of uh of swamp thing or whatever mm-hmm. but i think he like apparently like predates swamp thing by like two weeks or something too yeah it's be- one of those it's one of those other uh one of those situations where marvel and dc are like beating each other to the punch on on certain kinds of characters yeah and we'll we'll, we'll get to dc because obviously there's a dc reference which is a second uh, of its kind in the mcu which is pretty interesting um but one scene that i thought was really interesting was when um they were uh, you know um, obviously they get busted for um helping uh, <coughs> the man thing get get away um then they get locked in that cage together and uh, he knows that he's going to get turned into the werewolf and they're obviously got, got them locked in the cage together is like punishment because they want the werewolf to kill Elsa. Mm-hmm. So he starts like stiffing her and like trying to get her sent so he can remember who she is. So he can hopefully not harm her. And I was like, Oh, that's smart. And hopefully it works. It, it kind of had me Dude, wondering too. It was, it was really stressful too. Like you, cause you could see, um, I think they both did such a good job in the, in the, the, you know, special presentation whatever the fuck we're gonna call this film uh episode uh but um both of them did such a good job i feel like of just going um like full full selling this this situation in the characters and and how it would be like they felt very very real and very natural and like the panic that they were both in mm. like um like her kind of resignation to you know she's going to die but his like kind of desperate attempt to not kill her. Um, I don't know. It just really, really came through and it made me very excited that they are probably going to, you know, continue on with these characters. Yeah. Some other kind of story. hundred percent. Cause when you think of um, uh, these monsters and someone like uh, Elsa bloodstone who has this bloodstone now and is uh, obviously going to be tasked with fighting these monsters um, it definitely makes sense for her to uh, cross paths with Blade at, at some point. I feel like that mm-hmm. that is like a no brainer. 
Um, so I would be very surprised if that doesn't happen in the near future. But w one thing that I thought was interesting was that obviously um, Man-Thing was uh, captured and was, uh, you know, kind of put there to, to get preyed upon. And now there's like this whole new scenario, like, okay, um, there's these monsters in the universe now, right? They're, they're, they're getting like introduced. Like we saw the werewolf. Now we're seeing uh, man thing and they're being preyed upon. And now they're needing to be saved by superheroes. It's not just the normal everyday human that is um, needing the saving of um, these crazy superheroes. Now it's just like, okay, there's this whole new breed that also needs help. Um, and also is going to be put into the fold and um, is probably going to, um, you know, be able to do some of the saving um, for their own people. Yeah, I know. And I like that, uh, that, um, that application of agency to the monster that, you know, monsters may, you know, they may look scary to us and be able to do insane damage to a human being, like burn them or melt them. Um, but really they just kind of want to be left alone. And if we weren't fucking with them, like there'd be no need for it to, you know, fuck back, which I, uh, I thought that was cool. I thought it was cool that, um, not only are there monsters, but they're these monsters, like some of these monsters are sentient and they're able to, you know, they're not just uh, bloodthirsty creatures out to, you know, just do whatever the fuck they can to kill and wreak havoc. They're, uh, they're their own, their own entity to themselves. And I thought that was cool that they um, had Jack Russell going in to save his friend mm -hmm. who is a monster who isn't, you know, a danger. Yeah. To anyone who, other than somebody who's maybe trying to hurt him. Yeah. And he wasn't power hungry to get the bloodstone. He he didn't give two shits about the bloodstone. He just wanted he to get his friends safe. Yeah. Exactly. And I thought that was cool. I thought it was cool to show, to be like, hey, there's like for Marvel to be like, hey, there's monsters. Not all of them are bad. There was that hallway. Like, I'm, I'm not sure how um, deep you dove, but there was that hallway. Um, and there's like, you know, obviously two walls. Yeah. And then one mm -hmm. side, was uh, basically um, saying, uh, you know, uh, fuck these monsters. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm summarizing, right? It's not a verbatim. Yeah. But basically, it was just like, you know, these monsters are terrible. Like, kill them all. But then the opposite side was just like, no, like, like, uh, um, we have to show empathy. Like, these are things too. Like, we, they're not all bad. So I'm um, to, mm -hmm. to to have that duality. I was like, all right, this is cool. This is like a, a, a new thing for the MCU, which I think is awesome because, um, obviously, uh, throughout the history, there's so many different races and species um you know across the universe uh, the multiverse so um, i i feel like this is just another thing that's prepping us for like a lot of things that are to come yeah i mean i mean coming right back to uh to black panther the last movie we watched like pitting two different races you know um groups of people against one another kind of making one of them the villain when in fact neither of them are really the villain they're just in their own interests mm -hmm. and uh and i think that's a very very smart way for marvel to move forward is having these villains with these uh deeper you know villains in quotes um these adversarial relationships between some of these characters that doesn't have to mean you know oh good and bad it can be different situations different circumstances lending to be you know 
maybe one of them is right. Maybe both of them are right a little bit. Maybe one of them is wrong in this way. Maybe both of them are wrong in, in different ways. And it doesn't have to be this black and white situation. It can be something that is a little bit more nuanced. And I think that Werewolf by Night did a good job introducing that out the gate and being like, people might be worse. <laughs> yeah, and that's the sad part, too, because it's uh, probably true. Yeah, no, I thought I thought that was uh, that was an apt uh, apt thing to uh, to out the gates, just kind of address and build into the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as like you know, they they introduce all the characters. That the the tall chick was very scary, um, very unsettling presence. Um, but uh, that you know, before we move too far, that that scene where they're in the crypt and she finds the key. Mm-hmm. and her crazy aunt's um thing when they're having that 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 moment of you know conversation while they're locked in there i uh like i paused it and i looked at ashton and i said you know yo this is the marvel content i want i want like real conversations between these characters i mm-hmm. want to watch these characters get to know each other it doesn't like it, without just being all action and you know shoot them up stabbing fighting you know, flipping shit. I, I would like to see these these characters interact a little bit more with one another on a human level. And, um, and I thought that was cool. I thought that was a cool scene. But then, you know, you move him you know, back into the uh, the him sniffing her scene. That transformation scene was great. Yeah, it, 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 it was cool seeing like those shots when it would just show like his shadow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is like obviously those classic vibes, and also um, maybe a, a I don't I don't want to say cheap trick, but um, maybe to save some money on having to do like a, a crazy, um, yeah, you know, a, a CGI, or maybe they don't want to uh, do that because they want to try to keep it as real as possible, like you know, old school. And they style. did. I think they did a really good job of practical effects in this mm-hmm. this yeah. uh, this feature. Yeah, and him as a werewolf looked fine like i didn't have any gripes about it i, I thought it, it it was believable and he did a good job in that role yeah no i uh that that whole transformation scene though i mean they did do like you know they showed the hand and they did like the the practical you know things that they could do uh man when i was a kid uh american werewolf in london scared the shit out of me mm-hmm that first kill scene have you ever seen american werewolf in london no never dude it's so it kind of broke people on its on the the werewolf transformation scene in that in that movie is like famously like one of those moments of uh of practical effect Mm -hmm. that was like years ahead of the game um sort of like the thing like just the practical effects and the thing also were just like well ahead of what people thought was really possible to make happen on on film to show things changing mm-hmm. but like build props and build a a thing that transforms real time on screen um like the the way his hands stretches out in american or uh in london it's just um it's really fucking it's it, it gross it's really gross to watch um and horrifying like you you feel horrified that this is happening to him but um in the opening scene american world for london his one of his buddies gets killed and just for some reason when i was a little kid like that scene 
I was like maybe six or seven. My mom used to let me watch way movies way more mature than what I should have probably been watching at the time. Um, that shit freaked me out to the point we had to stop watching it. And I watched it again later uh, as like a teenager. And I, you know, was still like, oh, okay, I can see why this freaked me out as a kid. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, but now that I thought the transformation scene like kind of aching back to uh, American Werewolf in London in a, in a way that I, I liked. But I did love the the him telling her like, keep don't lose eye contact with me. Mm-hmm. Which it, is- so like her having to watch the whole thing and react to it and just knowing like with Ashton working on movies now and just like kind of me thinking a little bit more behind the curtain in these situations, I was like, man, she's looking at nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Great actress, right? To, to be able to great actress. Mm-hmm. She's looking at nothing. And that just to me, that was so I, 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 I appreciated that part so much. I thought that was so cool. And that that fights well um when he escapes right it's not like uh-huh. you don't get to see him break out he he just gets out like amongst the chaos because it, it, it pans back to the cage and you just see the tops kind of split but he's nowhere to be found and you're like oh shit here we go it's gonna get crazy dude yeah and that and that fucking all of those action sequences and fight sequences were so cool the fact that they did so many of them um with like a wide angle too mm-hmm like rather than doing like lots of quick cuts for stuff, you actually had somebody who was like capable. Uh, you had capable stuntmen doing a lot of this uh, this fight choreography that was really fucking cool, dude. Yeah, and- all those kill shots were all in those those kill scenes were fucking brutal and awesome. Yeah, and for Elsa to get out, and she's like, "All right, it's it's go time." Like, I I, I love that uh, she was just uh, just going after everybody because I would do the same mm-hmm. thing. Because absolutely, because nobody's on put, your side. You put me in this cage. You put me in this cage to die. Yeah, and they're all haters from the very beginning too. So it's like, all right, oh yeah, like you guys all deserve this. Like, I didn't feel bad for a single one of them. Dude, we took it back like four times to watch her trip that dude into the sword. Mm-hmm. Fucking hard dude that whole that whole fight with her and that in the uh and the other the other monster hunter was so fucking sick so fucking sick there was a scene where um the werewolf was in the the hallway and the two guards run in the doors closing and i'm panicking because like i'm like all right if i'm that second guard who hasn't been attacked yet i'm ducking and diving rolling under that door i'm not sticking around no no hesitation yeah it's like this is a werewolf something i've never seen before i just watched one of my comrades die i'm trying to live get me out of here actually i wouldn't have been that guy i would have already been gone (laughs) i would have already been gone immediately immediately After the first person is killed, mm. I am slow walking to that door, shooting or whatever. Yeah. Mostly probably just, you know, trying to quietly duck out. I don't care. I don't give a shit. I'm running. I'm up against something like that. It's just ripping people's necks out. No, thanks. I'm going to go hide. I'm locking myself in the closet. I don't give a shit. I'll be a coward. I don't care. Yeah. And as like the door is closing, I'm like, come on, don't be an idiot. Just get out of there. Get out of there. And I stuck around and he got got. Oh yeah, God, yeah, dude! All those, the way the way the werewolf went after people was so cool. Yeah, that was it. A, was, it was it was so cool. Yeah, and, and the way that um, he was using the like the dead monsters, the ones that were mounted, to mm-hmm. 
to like hide and to kind of get around the room and get people that was really awesome too yeah it was very very cool i uh, i'm trying to remember so because i remember how elsa trips dude and he lands on his neck on her sword and she's also the fact that she took the sword from her dad's coffin was mm-hmm. pretty badass too yeah and the gun um, too right yeah i can't remember what what happened with the gun or if she used the gun i just remember her grabbing the sword off of it mm-hmm. but i'm trying to remember what happened to what happened to the other chick the other monster hunter the androgynous looking one the one who looked like david bowie super fan um i'm trying to think i'm trying to remember who 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 killed her because everyone dies yeah and i know how uh the his, her her stepmom gets gets killed i remember her getting killed no oh, that lady was so annoying she was so annoying she was it was she was the only one that going immediately into the movie i was like well she's gonna die <laughs> yeah she was too um just... she was too uh too um uh too evil stepmother to survive this this movie all right hold on i'm trying to figure out how this or how that girl dies i'm running through it right now mm. okay oh elsa uh, uh gets her with the sword slits her she throat yes yeah, let her throat and chops her right in the head oh she leaves it in her head that was it yeah no that was another moment where i was like okay disney that's a throat slit obviously like it was like kind of positioned it uh, so that you don't really get to see like the whole brutality of it but you get it's pretty then she leaves the fucking sword in her head yeah yeah no yeah okay i do remember that part now that part was fucking awesome Mm -hmm. yeah dude just fun yeah she would she it was it was like a really slow nice pace of uh of like you know um, uneasiness and and you know what's going to happen you know who how is this going to how is this going to go there was good intrigue there was good mystique to the whole uh, movie and then once he turns into the werewolf it was just pedal the metal until the end of the movie which I thought was for a third run out for a director that's fucked and for me for them to have uh, been so up in arms about her getting to join in the hunt mm-hmm. and for her to, you know, kill a lot of them oh, and yeah. kind of show them like, yo, like uh-huh. you know, just because I don't have this crazy resume to brag about, it's like, no, I, I got the skills. I, I'm the right. You guys may owner. have killed a lot of monsters. I killed three of you. <laughs> mm-hmm. That, and, and that was a good showcase too, right? That she, yeah. um, she came in and she actually has the skills and she, she proved it. And, She's crazy. Yeah, no, she was she was sick. I was um I didn't uh I I'll I'll say it through the whole movie, I didn't worry for her at all. No, no, because yeah, it, I was more worried for the werewolf. <laughs> oh really? I was more worried about Ted. I was like, is Ted gonna be okay? <laughs> I was worried about Ted for a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because because to me, even though um is uh, uh you know as brutal as Ted could be, he's the one that got captured, and it's, it, you know the, the werewolf was there to save him. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is the person, this is the one that needs saving. Yeah, well, before I kind of would realize like um 
even no, I think I'd already realized like, oh, well, obviously this guy is going to be the werewolf, the Jack Russell character, whatever. Mm-hmm. When he was trying to put the bomb in the wall, I'm sitting there like freaking out, <laughs> thinking like, fuck, dude, just just stick it in the fucking crack. Like, yeah, it's like how hard like, is I'm it? I'm getting worried he's going to get his fucking head blown off, and mm-hmm. I'm like completely forgetting like, oh no, it's probably a main character. Like nothing bad's going to happen to this dude. But I'm like in the movie enough to or in the you know what the the content enough to be like you know like we're worried about everybody i kind of wasn't worried about else at all i felt i felt like she was she was gonna be fine and it was awesome at the end um it switches to full color so we get to see that was very cool how they did that we we took it back and like watched the color change a couple times and Mm -hmm. that was neat and man thing looked great i i I thought he looked awesome yeah yeah, no, I th- really good design for um for for the monster and how they made him, and it just again like um like something I believe Werewolf by Night did better than Eternals. Can I uh, just give a shout made out? A, made a monster look real. Made a monster interact with its surroundings. Mm-hmm. Like he hands he hands him the the you know uh, the mug. Mm-hmm. Like all that stuff looked really natural and very real. Like this monster actually exists and is, you know, interacting with its surrounding, has a shadow, all these different things. Doesn't look like it was designed in a video game from, I don't know, Nintendo 64 era. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, yeah. I mean, this was, um, Werewolf by Night totally redeemed Marvel on the, on the monster design, in my opinion, too. Yeah, and I I just want to give a shout out to the the writers, right? So this is a story, like the the screenplay was taken from a story written by Heather Quinn, but it was mm-hmm. um, but the screenplay was written by Heather Quinn and Peter Cameron, and uh, Quinn uh, uh, wrote Hawkeye, which was one of my favorites. Oh, okay, which was awesome, and uh, Cameron wrote uh, WandaVision and Moon Knight, so just like two. Oh, cool. Yeah, and. Wandavision not my favorite, but Moon Knight was. I, I thought Moon Knight was awesome. Could have been better, but Dude, I, I, still I still think it was cool. I still, I still absolutely love Wandavision. I have such a soft spot for Wandavision. I thought it was such a cool, um, ambitious thing that they took on. Um, those first few episodes of Wandavision, and I still think are are incredible the way they pulled them off. I will say, like, um, you know me, I always complain about the CGI punch them up. Mm-hmm. thing that they marvel does at the end of things um and, and i think wanda did that in wandavision which is why all the way up until that last episode i'm pretty much totally impressed by everything until it kind of gets to the point where it's like oh now we're gonna go crazy and it's like ah you didn't need to go crazy you could have just kind of had the story there um which i thought it was there up until the point where you needed to have some big action set piece but i think we're by night dude there's big action set piece. It wasn't a CGI punch him up. It was uh, real people beating the shit out of each other. And uh, it looked great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And for anyone who's gotten this far, great. if you've not watched it yet, please do yourself a favor. Don't be like yeah, us. Yeah, stop stop uh, putting it off for whatever reason. It's awesome. 100%. Like, well, it's really good. It. Mm-hmm. One, of, um, one of the highlights of this phase four for me, honestly. Yeah. Well, and it, it, it shows that... Um, because obviously with this whole like, you know, MCU rhetoric and uh, people getting like or th- that feeling of oversaturation, it, this is like a, a perfect example that no, like they can still be creative and there's so much more room and direction that yes. they can go to that they haven't even touched on yet. So this is, th- this is awesome. 
Yeah, no, it was absolutely. I was I was completely impressed. I, if you're it, again, if you're jet lagged on MCU, I would say if you haven't watched Werewolf by Night yet, it will get you excited in a way that you are not expecting it to. Um, and it's so short. Yeah, it's just under an hour. Hardly like, an it's hour. Like, it's like yeah, like fifty-two minutes or something clocking in. Yeah, I, it's so short. They do so much in that amount of time, and which honestly, to me, that uh, it sets a new bar for these MCU movies. Mm -hmm. And if you're given two hours, if you're given two and a half hours, if you're given close to three hours, you better be bringing it. Yeah. That's more than that time. Yeah. If this dude at his third time up to bat can knock it out of the park, like in under an hour with a really compelling story with characters that you remember. Yeah. And and you understand (laughs) Yeah, and, and these are like newer characters, right? These aren't household names. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Not at all. And I'm so I'm I, I will say, dude, I am much more excited for what's going to happen with um, with, uh, you know, Elsa Bloodstone and Jack Russell moving forward in this new world that I didn't even know existed. I'm much more excited for that than I am for what the fuck the Fantastic Four is going to do. And I'm pretty excited to see with what they're going to do with them. But this this is a whole new thing where I'm like, I, I'm, I'm like just hearing like how these characters connect to all these other characters that are on their way, like Blade and uh, and Ghost Rider and whatnot. I'm like, fuck, I can't wait for this spooky, scary shit in the MCU. I, I'm, so, I'm stoked. Okay. I hope they bring Sam Raimi back for some more MCU stuff. I would be surprised if they didn't. Let him do what he's good at. Mm-hmm. let him produce this dude who did werewolf by night in whatever the fuck midnight suns is gonna be good old midnight like i'm i'm fucking stoked okay all right let's move on to the holiday special the holiday special yeah which thinking about it okay so last year technically we got a holiday thing with hawkeye right that that was uh, Mm. A whole holiday thing, and then this year we're blessed again with a uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I-, I would like to see them continue this trend because I love. Yeah, I'm, I'm a sucker honestly. for holiday stuff. Yeah, no, I thought the I thought the holiday stuff in Hawkeye was cool. Um, mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, I I like that Hawkeye felt like a um like an advent calendar of sorts. Like every week, watching Hawkeye was like, oh, mm-hmm. we're another week closer to Christmas, or another week, and it, like it built up to Christmas Man. in like a really cool way. It almost makes Hawkeye not worth watching unless you're watching it in the month of December. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like a, a new thing. We're like, all right, like I have like these like you know traditions for certain holidays. It's like, yeah, I would like to save Hawkeye now for uh, these holiday times because it, it just yeah. fits so no- perfect. Nobody's watching planes, trains, and automobiles in uh, July. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're gonna watch that shit around Thanksgiving, or at least when it's fucking cold out. Like, uh, I so yeah, no, I, uh, I, I, I'm hoping they they do this too. If they're if we're not gonna get a a show with Christmas wrote wrote into it, or a or a full length movie with Christmas wrote into it, let's get a let's get a holiday special on a, a on a TV set. Yeah, and, and now that I'm thinking about it too, now I'm like uh, starting to get all grim about it. It's like James Gunn was brilliant with this, and his you know his team, right? The Guardians of the Galaxy. The, mm-hmm. This just fits so perfect because I can't, um, 
really imagine because uh, just the, the the perfect amount of mix of like uh, you know comedy and action just it goes with that group but with anybody else yeah. it might be um might be a little funky and you know that was just a phone call too okay so um so some backstory i know that james gunn approached kevin feige about doing a holiday special uh, during the filming of gardens of the galaxy 2 <laughs> and once he got the green light he wrote this in three days that's amazing yeah yeah and, and that that just also pisses me off too like obviously i'm a fan of james gunn and i'm happy to hear that he's going to dc this is something that i hope mm -hmm. he can be the one to to fix this whole like mess over there but at the same time uh, he could have been something amazing for marvel right because because yes, if you look absolutely. at what what he it just his track history here and obviously he had his uh run-in with the social justice warriors bringing up uh stuff that he'd already um you know had, had... social justice warriors yeah and social um, justice warriors people who actually hate social justice warriors people who um would love to uh to um to say 14 words uh on the internet all the time mm -hmm. um those are the people i've said about this um not people who actually care about uh anything to do with uh, marginalized groups yeah and, and and it bums me out too because it, it puts such a black eye and, and granted like um I, I get why people were upset but he already hit apologize and disney was he aware apologize they'd already taken down yeah what are you gonna what do you want from somebody yeah so it's just and they weren't funny and he would not was not even trying to wasn't doing that i mean it's, he's not fucking kanye west going on fucking alex jones yelling i love hitler mm -hmm. he's saying he took the tweets down saying yo those weren't funny i don't know why they thought they were funny i was being super immature and dumb at the time yeah and like also he anybody with a twitter at any point in their lives but my main thing is he never did it again right he he yeah, he, he never he, did it again no yeah. track record of doing this yeah it's just like people He's immature at one point in his mm -hmm. life whomst amongst us yeah and, and yeah, the fact no. that it was it was already addressed and the fact that people try to bring it up again and just stir bullshit it it, it, uh, it just messed up a lot of things because i'm with guardians uh you know, kind of being up in yep. the air for the longest time and him getting removed from disney for that stand that that was sad and yeah i mean I'm, I'm glad he's at least getting to finish his trilogy i'm glad he got to do this fun little thing on his way out the door um but dude as far as him going to dc to me that makes more sense because he's going to get that r rating more often mm -hmm. he's gonna he's he's a fucking trauma guy like he comes from a no rules like era of filmmaking, which is what probably led to him making some pretty off color jokes at one point in time, because he is from this avant garde scene of, uh, of filmmaking that just wants to make messes. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think DC is going to let him make a mess in a good way. I think he's going to be able to hit that reset button and build some, you know, vulgar monstrosity over at DC that Marvel and, DC and Disney was never going to let him do. They were never going to let him go full bore the way he did. I mean, dude, the Suicide Squad is one of my favorite comic book movies at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like what what he did with that, I'm I'm fucking stoked to see. And I still haven't watched Peacemaker either, so I uh, I need to get around to that at some point. But I've heard nothing but good things about that shit. Also yeah i'm just happy because i i look at dc and obviously I'm, I'm a marvel fanboy but i love the bat family there's like characters like dead man that i would love to see get more love at dc 
And it was always just mind boggling to me throughout the years that these superheroes like people like i don't know if people like really realize like batman superman are more popular than spider-man captain america um but for some reason they just keep or they just kept fumbling like with these movies like uh, like batman versus superman that shouldn't have been as bad as it was um obviously there's good ones i still i still stand by the director's cut of batman versus superman is is pretty good <laughs> I gotta what watch it. I never watched theaters, it. What came out in theaters is not fucking is not is not good. Okay. That director's cut is good. The stuff they took out with Lois Lane in that movie is insulting to Amy Adams. Straight up. Like, I'm a fan of They her, make her hers. character Dude, they make her like this fucking little doe-eyed fucking damsel in that movie. And in the director's cut, what Snyder actually shot. Uh, I, I, dude, I've gotten on this. I, I've gotten on this soapbox so many times. Like it is fucking. This soapbox is three years old at this point. Okay. Um, the stuff that they took out of that movie that Snyder made th- regarding Lois Lane. Lois Lane is the person who figures everything out in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think taking that out hurts that movie in so so much of a way because with with the the director's cut in Lois and then following Lois figuring everything out from like all the different things Luther was doing to set them up that actually makes Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor better because it shows you really a painstaking detail that he put into setting these two guys up to fight still at the end of the day the fact that the only thing that stopped them was them having the same mom's name insanely stupid and that's where i think Zack snyder can't do anything by himself i think he needs somebody else there to be like maybe there's a better way to do that man and that person should not be joss whedon because mm-hmm. justice league is legitimately one of the worst the the justice league not the snyder justice league mm-hmm. the justice league is one of the worst comic book movies i think i've ever seen and that is like in the fucking room with eternals and morbius i'm but yeah I, i'm just happy that he's cleaning house right he's already butting heads with uh dwayne johnson he's getting rid of um what's his name henry um cavill or henry. i love henry cavill i thought henry cavill was a good superman but also, at this point, the thing with Henry Cavill playing Superman, it's time for him to go because they drug their feet for way too long on making movies, including Superman, to the point that he now is too old to be Superman for the next like 10 years. Yeah. So it's time for another Superman. I don't know if we'll ever get a better one because that motherfucker looks like Superman. Yeah, Not only is he all as shit. It's pretty basic. What? Superman Dude, Superman's basic. Superman's He's... pretty basic. Superman's basic as fuck. <laughs> But you've got to have a tall, very handsome, very jacked dude play Superman for him to be believable. Okay. All right. Jacked is easy. You know they're all on steroids. Dude, but getting jacked the way Henry Cavill got jacked to play Superman is fucking was legit. He watching his like uh his like exercise shit for the Witcher brought me like a whole new appreciation for the the stuff that he goes into for uh playing these roles. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see whatever James Gunn does. I think it'll be, I think it'll work. That's the thing that I'm 
that I'm most excited for is there's so much of DC hasn't worked. And I think that he'll get over there and he'll make it work. Even if it was broken. I mean, Suicide File or Suicide File, Suicide Squad fucking broken, sucked. Mm. He fixed it. He made it work. Yeah. Um, I have all the faith. Didn't even have to change that many actors. (laughs) No. Uh, And uh, obviously he was blessed with, um, what's her name? Uh, Margot Robbie, what was her name? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But but I'm looking forward to it because I I hope there's a bright future because I hate that there's... um, the DC EU, and then we have films like uh, the Joker, Batman that aren't Batman, yeah. that aren't connected. And it's like, why or, or how how could you make something as good as the Joker, um, the Batman, and not think to include them, knowing that like okay, like our whole universe is shit. Marvel's like you know running circles around us. Like we could create something that rivals Marvel. They have the like the 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 roster they have enough cool superheroes they just um just have failed to execute it over the years and it's just uh, so frustrating so i'm just happy i'm honestly i'm kind of of fucking stoked those movies weren't connected to the dceu because maybe they can be written into whatever the hell he's going to do now but i don't want to see joker 2 like it's supposed to be like a musical i I, I can't believe they're going to do that but i i I mean i'll watch it just to see what happens yeah but I uh, I definitely wanted to see more of the Batman. Yeah, same here. That that was the best thing I think I'll, DC's done outside of the Watchmen. Yeah, man. I'll talk. I mean, outside of you know, well, some the Nolan films are good too. But I uh, those are good. But like, I think the Batman's my favorite Batman movie, straight up. Mm-hmm. No, same here. Like, I I feel like just uh, it it felt so true in every aspect. Hmm. And it was, I mean, and again, I mean, you know, Dark Knight, uh, Dark Knight was kind of the same, but uh, both were based on some of my favorite, like the Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale, uh, Batman stuff is my favorite Batman stuff. So that was, yeah. I love that. But I, I just feel like with, uh, obviously not their fault, but with um, Heath Ledger, his tragedy, and mm-hmm. I, I just felt like I, I wish there was more Two Face. Th- th- there's a lot going on, and I just felt like they got crippled in, in some areas, which I wasn't always, their fault. I always say, if you, it, it, I, I say this the same the same thing I said about the Last Jedi about the Dark Knight. If they could have known what was going to happen to Carrie Fisher, if they could have known what was going to happen to Heath Ledger, they would have switched which characters they killed. I think I think I think Joker would have died, Two Face would have lived, or they would have wrote it somehow to change it in that way. If you could have gone back and been like, "Hey, maybe that cousin, maybe that guy and that girl are not going to be around, you know, much longer to make another movie. Maybe we don't bank on them being alive. You'd figure out a different way to do it. You wouldn't stick with the plan of killing off Luke Skywalker or killing off and leaving Prince and leaving Leia alive or mm. killing off Two Face and leaving Joker alive." Because that's a big, uh, a big elephant to have to address. Yeah, it's hard moving forward. Question: Did you ever watch uh, any of those CW shows? I watched Arrow up to a certain extent. I watched one season of Legends of Tomorrow. I think I watched two seasons of The Flash. I never watched any Supergirl. I never watched the fuck was it black lightning mm-hmm. never watched that 
and I didn't watch uh, Star Girl. Okay, well, I'm happy you watched Green Arrow because um, yesterday was it yesterday. Um, yeah, yeah, yesterday. I was at a coffee shop in Palm Springs. I was back home visiting my parents and I was at a coffee shop with my buddy Nate and our friend uh, Cameron and homeboy Green Arrow was just there with, I'm assuming he's- Stephen Amell? Yeah. And- No shit. Yeah. And he was just there low key. And I, I want to say it was his daughter. He was there with, with this uh, this like girl, probably like six or seven. They're just getting coffee. Um, he was just low key, just sitting there. Um, she was playing on his phone and he was just sitting there just looking normal, low key. Nobody was bothering him. And um, and I was like, this guy, because, you know, handsome dude, look, you know, famous. My, my buddy Nate's elbowing me. He's like, <laughs> he's like, that's Green Arrow. And I was like, oh, shit, that is. Uh, but obviously we're not trying to blow up his spot. So we just obviously just let him be normal. We're not trying to take pictures or do anything weird, but we're just tripping out. Like, Holy shit. That's green arrow. That's so fucking cool. That's sick, dude. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's somebody that I wished did more because it, well, it honestly kind of a shame that he got locked into that green arrow, um, role for so long. Mm hmm because the show did start seeing like diminishing returns after so many years um because he was one of my favorite actors who was like a tom cruise of sorts like he'd do his own stunts and shit mm -hmm. like he really like made it a point to like do as much of the stunt work as possible and everything he did even down to did you see um did you see the uh that those ninja turtles movies they made a few years ago no, like the Michael Bay ones, right? You're talking about? Yeah, they're honestly fucking pretty sick. <laughs> uh, it, it just didn't look that good to me. They're honestly pretty sick. Okay. And for somebody my age who had like a lot of the toys of the 90s era, mm -hmm. they like legitimately interjected specifically things that I had toys of into those movies, which was fucking cool. But he plays Casey Jones in the second one. Oh, shit. And, uh, That's awesome. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm saying they're not that bad. Okay. Uh, first one, first one's pretty good. The, the, I will say this: the the only thing, the thing they fuck up is they kind of do the same message twice. Okay. <laughs> the message of both movies, a little too similar. Like somebody in the room could have maybe been like, "Hey, didn't we already do this last time?" They're just too scared to speak but, up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but the but visually, I mean, one thing. Michael Bay does pretty well and is fucking visual effects and shit. Um, they look pretty great. Um, much better than Transformers movies, in my opinion. But um, and they do fucking Krang. They they bring Commander Krang into the fucking second one, which is completely insane. Um, who plays um, but, uh, who plays April O'Neil? Um, Megan Fox. Oh, interesting. All right. She's fine. Okay. She's totally fine. Um, but, uh, they, um, they even fucking bebop and rock steadier in the second one. Um, but, uh, in, in the, in the, in the second one, he played, uh, Stephen Amell plays Casey Jones. And there's a point in the movie where they're like, uh, I think bebop and rock steady are chasing him and they're like flipping cars. It like on him mm -hmm. and he's like running in a way and these cars are flipping over him and they actually do this in the movie. Oh, wow. They like flip these cars and he's like ducked so that like when the cars flip, they like like crash right over top of them and there's like room for him to run between. And apparently they were like, we can get a stunt guy to do this. And Stephen Amell was like, I can do it. That's awesome. <laughs> so they made it. So some, you know, some lawyer was like on set 
fucking sweating bullets. Yeah, hoping that he doesn't get injured by this damn car. <laughs> it's amazing. Like that's my that's my like my favorite thing about the Mission Impossible movies is just imagining some lawyer sweating bullets on set all day. <laughs> yeah, it's like, damn it, Tom Cruise, you make too much money. You don't got to be doing this. <laughs> you don't need to be jumping between buildings. <laughs> It's crazy. Oh, but yeah, but yeah. Well, that was a long detour from uh, from James Gunn. There we took that. Well, we gotta uh, put respect on his name. James Gunn's awesome. Yeah, he's a shit, dude. Fucking, I, 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 I don't know if I've ever seen a James Gunn thing I didn't like. So, mm-hmm. okay. So, yeah. getting into this special, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, they have purchased nowhere, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, that was the thing to drop on us real quick. Yeah, and um things that that i read was like okay this is kind of setting up uh, this is some setup for guardians 3 like uh, mm-hmm. them buying nowhere so nowhere will most likely be their home base in guardians 3 which makes a lot of sense but it also raises the question like what happened to the collector is he just broke needed some money or did he not survive where is he um yeah i don't know nobody really knows but but i thought that that was uh, cool cuz i just the thought of uh, that um nowhere was awesome and then and also dude that set that they built for it was pretty impressive yeah even at the end which we'll 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 get to that was a big set Mm -hmm. it was a very large Mm -hmm. set they built for this like i can't imagine the warehouse that that was built in and then it cuts to um craglin telling uh the guardians of a childhood story how um yondu um ruined christmas for um peter and it it made me sad because obviously when he's telling that um story of how yondu ruined christmas for peter it was all animated and i only wish that um you know yondu was still around so we could have gotten like that actual like scene i liked the doing it as uh as an animation though because it made it feel like it made him being dead like more real than if they had mm. just done like a flashback yeah like i like the animation style of like oh this is just we're we're being told this and it's animated which means that maybe this isn't exactly how it happened this is just the story that's being told <laughs> which obviously um we'll get to the end and uh, yeah. we, we, we gain some but perspective the, but again like i think that was that was cool i think that was the, the right way to play that and i like the style of animation they used for it too it was very very like <clears throat> hearkening back to like a, a an earlier era of like christmas animation like peanut shit to me yeah because I, I was reading that it was running at like six frames per second which was like really bad especially for things mm-hmm. like these days you know yeah but that story was so sad, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Peter, being from uh, Earth, uh, was so excited to uh, celebrate Christmas with Craglin and Yondu. But for some reason, Yondu was just feeling some type of way and hated Christmas and was on some like Scrooge type energy, uh, you know, yeah. d- just destroying the tree and all the presents for everybody. I was just, I, w- I felt so bad for for Peter because um, obviously him and Craglin are, are still young and. Um, not very knowledgeable on like the world and or the universe, and I um, didn't probably didn't understand why Yondu was so upset. Um, and and for him to think that it was like you know Christmas was for like you know like weak people, I, I was just like, damn, th- they're still just kids. Like, come on, like you don't got to be yeah. that that like brutal about it. 
Yeah, no, I thought it, but I mean, it was also, I mean, it was very much uh, like that character, the way Yondu was fed to you in the first Guardians movie. It was very on on brand for him to behave that way. Yeah, and, and they do such a good job of making you um, hate him to you just fucking being so bummed and loving him at the end. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not many characters that have that um, that turnaround. I mean, dude, still, one of the harder cries I've had in Guardians Two is when when Yondu goes out. Yeah, well, when they finally give him his like his his fireworks, mm-hmm. I was like, damn, dude. Yeah, that was that was that was moving. That was a good. I uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, at some point maybe we'll go we'll go back backwards through Marvel movies and to talk about the ones that we we never talked about, but. That oh. one, that part in that one really fucking, really gets me. You can do an Iron Man trilogy, my dream. Dude, I'm down. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll, we'll we'll get there. If we ever have breaks where there's not a movie for a really long time, we can we can we can go back. Okay. Um, but then it uh, you know kind of fast forward you it, and it kind of like you know um, uh, sets the tone. Uh, you you see Groot, who I I absolutely hate his model. He's too bulky and like his head. He's too bulky because he's, he- he's going through his awkward teenage years. Yeah, because his head stayed the same, but his body he yeah. just got so yoked out. And I was like, God, can't they like change his head a little bit? But he just, it just the proportions just look so like weird. I didn't like it. Like when I saw him, I was like, I hate the way Groot looks right now. It looks like that's going to be his design in the next in the in Guardians three too, though. Oh. Which- Ugh, terrible. Either get used to it or, 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 <laughs> no. or hate it. Or I hate, hate it some more, my friend. I hate it. Um, but I did love the interaction between um, <laughs> b- between Cosmo and Rocket because mm-hmm. um, for me, uh, just to be able to see Cosmo uh, just getting some some more love uh, and seeing Cosmo in Disney California Adventure every time I would go on the Guardians ride just behind stuck you know behind his glass because uh, he was captured by the collector so to be able to see Cosmo out and helping <laughs> but just uh, seeing Rocket yelling at Cosmo and Cosmo just just getting frustrated and just being like fine fuck it like I'm not gonna do what you're telling me to he's like give me some snacks give me um, some biscuits yeah yeah I, I thought that was a really cool interaction because I, I I do like uh, Cosmo as a character yeah, no, and the 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 dog, great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it it cuts to uh, Mantis and Drax talking, and Mantis uh, reveals her secret, and Drax being Drax drops a bomb, dude. What, what the fuck? Me and Ashton had to look at each other and go, "Wait, we didn't know that already, right?" I I did a double take too. I had to hit pause and like kind of like scan my brain, like, did I miss something? And the like. I found that there was like a small maybe hint in Guardians 2 mm-hmm. that like like you had to like pause the movie and like it w- there was no mention of it it was just like yeah. there's there's just a, like a little like there was that scene where um ego is like hooking up with all the different like females and yeah. in like one corner you see um someone of the same race as Mantis and you're like oh that could Mantis. be her mom that's um, fucked yeah but that's i was fucked. but i was dying because uh, uh just uh, I, as much as like i don't like drax being the comedy relief i, I did like it in this uh special because mm-hmm. <laughs> he just kept talking about oh he's like oh he's like are you talking about uh you eating all the zarg nuts in the commentary he's like we already knew that <laughs> and she was like no uh, uh me being uh, you know uh, peter's sister I, I was just i i couldn't get over that whole uh, zarg nuts thing 
Yeah, no, it's funny. I like when uh, the one of the things I think that uh, Batista does good in the Drax character is never being on, able to move on from something. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of my favorite. Like, I think that's an established arc for Drax is that he's always hung up on something. Yeah. And will interject whatever he's hung up on into every single situation <laughs> until it's resolved. <clears throat> yeah, but uh Mantis feels bad, right? Because they, they they hear the story about uh Yandu ruining Christmas for Peter and she just gets it in her head that she wants to uh, save Christmas for Peter because he's probably uh, been wanting to celebrate Christmas all these years, uh, but probably hasn't because of that traumatic story or that traumatic incident with Yondu and his just not celebrated it because of what happened. So her and Drax get this idea to to, to save Christmas for Peter and they get the bright idea to um, give him a gift um, and they decide to go to Earth to get Peter Quill's childhood hero, which is Kevin Bacon, which is amazing because I'm such a huge fan of Kevin Bacon. So the fact that Me too. they were able to tie him into something like this as Kevin Bacon, I'm like, this is amazing. This is going to be, this is going to be so stupid. So I was like, I can't wait to see how this plays out. So I was just so happy to, to see that they're going to go to earth as Mantis and Drax to go find Kevin Bacon. Yeah. I only watched, uh, I think I watched one trailer one time for this movie. And- okay it lets you know that in the trailer. And I was like, well, that sounds amazing. <laughs> and then it watching it, I was uh, dude, when they're, when they're flying into LA and everybody's kind of like freaking out because again, people think that just like another alien is coming to like kill everybody. Yeah. And uh, she's like, did you put the clucker on? And he goes, yes. And you <laughs> see, <laughs> he just, <laughs> he just like, does I it. clearly saw you just turn it on. That was fucking funny. Yeah, too. I, I, I was dying uh, at that moment, too, because it was, it was just a, definitely a Drax thing to forget to do something so important and then just try to do it yes. last minute as if he had already done it. Dude, and them on the uh, on the, like the strip or whatever, taking photos with, with everybody. That was that was pretty good, too. Uh, on the strip. I don't know if you notice yeah. um, uh, when they're in front of the Chinese theater, I mean, it, it wasn't super visible in a lot of the shots, but those movie posters were um uh homeboy from uh the eternals kingo they were kingo, kingo. Movie. oh i did see one ad for a kingo thing when they were going into the bar yeah yeah that was another was, one so gotcha. I, was I, like, I did see that i was like no stop stop it just get rid of the eternals but apparently the uh, the eternals lives on yeah unfortunately god damn it if they make a second one of those things i don't know what they're gonna do it's <laughs> I don't know whether I, I don't know this is bad, but um, but it, it was cool to see them uh, get to Earth, but be so oblivious on how things actually work because yeah, Mantis is like, oh, somebody has to know Kevin Bacon. We'll just ask. Well, because she's like, there's got to be like, what, like 10,000 10, people here or something like that. <laughs> she's way off. Way off. Um, so like only like 10,000 people. Somebody's got to know Kevin Bacon, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, no, that was that was good. Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, them at the the club and whatnot was funny. Um, yeah, she takes takes all that person's money. That was pretty. Funny. And okay, I'm glad you you brought that scene up because for her, did she only use her power because she had no other options? I think she just. Well, I also they were drunk. 
I thought she was sober by then. So she was. You think she was still tipsy then? They still. They seem pretty tipsy when they were getting into uh, bacon still. Yeah, that's true. Because they were kind of slumped over on the sidewalk when they were presented that stealing lawn lawn decorations and shit when they get there immediately. She was like, uh, Mantis was like, "This is what they're here for." I feel like that's something you only do when you're when you're intoxicated or straight edge and bored. Yeah, wanting to cause mischief. But that was such an alley thing, obviously, uh, for anyone who uh, has been down there. You, you can actually buy star maps to find out where yep. celebrities live, which I don't know why you would, because you could just Google it, right? I'm sure. Now, er- yeah. Yeah, everything. There was a time before Google. Yeah. Uh, my earliest uh, memory of a star, star maps was in a rush hour. Where? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chris Tucker goes to, to talk to the guy who's selling star maps because he's like some sketchy figure who has info. Um, so that's the first time I ever heard of it because growing up, I, I I didn't really go to LA as much as a kid. Mm-hmm. But they get the star map, and they finally make it to Kevin Bacon's house, which is a- another thing to me. I-, I think is so funny because you see um, Kevin Bacon just uh, goes in just like a normal person is making dinner, uh, but then Mantis and Drax show up, and I I, I really want to know what like their <laughs> Uh, mindset was because they did they really think they were just gonna go and be like, hey, come with us? Uh, like we're uh, these foreign people, right? You've never seen us. We probably look really strange to you. Like I, I, I'm so surprised that they just thought he would be so willing to go with them to surprise their friend. Well, of the two people who would go and do something like this in the Guardians, they're the only two that would do this. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, Rocket would have more sense. He he would he wouldn't want to yes. even save Christmas for anybody. He'd be too grumpy. Didn't want to do something like that. Yeah, Rocket would say that's insane. <laughs> you can't just do that. Even though I, even though he's you know asks for Bucky's arm when he's <laughs> moments after meeting him, uh-huh. he would know you can't just go and just kidnap some dude. Like Peter's not gonna like that. <laughs> yeah, but I I do like how they were so uh, persistent, right? With uh, them getting on the the ring call and all that was really and and it being so strange for kevin bacon right because they probably look so strange to to him because they're he probably thinks they're just in costume not actual aliens aliens yeah but uh i i do like how drax is just doesn't even let mantis finish her her question uh, or her statement Uh, yeah yeah. when he she's asking him if she or if he thinks he could throw her over he just tosses her right over and uh and i I forget how agile uh drax is because he just leapt over that thing like it was nothing yeah no i i kind of forgot that too i forget that drax is is very strong like i mean obviously he's a fucking monster but i forget that he's like has abilities more than a person it's mm-hmm. not just muscle yeah and then this is where drax uh, gets enthralled by this elf like this inflatable elf he, well, funny little man yeah he calls it his funny little man and mantis she picks up a giant candy cane which becomes useful later on um mm-hmm. But I can't believe they they uh, go and just start uh, ringing his doorbell, which I thought was kind of interesting. I was like, he has two doorbells, right? Because he has the one for the outside and then one for the door. Because I figured if you made it through the gate, like, wouldn't they just already be okay to go in? 
Yeah, you know, that's, that's something I would have thought of, about too. Uh, I, I, as a person who doesn't have a gate in front of my house, mm-hmm. if I had a gate with a, a ring on it, I don't know if I would also have one on my door. Theoretically, nobody would make it through. Yeah, that was one thing I thought about, which obviously wasn't like that big of a deal. But at that moment, I was thinking to myself, okay, they they made it to the second doorbell. They're at the front door. What are they going to do? And sure enough, Drax is break through the glass. Yeah, (laughs) as uh, Kevin Bacon's calling nine one one because he's obviously feeling threatened at this point. Drax just bursts through the glass, and I'm like, all right, game on. Like, let's see how, how this plays out. And shit just goes crazy. The the way that Mantis is like, you know, kind of like uh, hopping through the house, like, you know, sticking to the walls. Uh, she, yeah. She, that just looked really creepy and crazy. Something that I haven't yeah, really seen her do before. Seen her, yeah, you've never seen her do that before. It was also like, I would imagine if I was Kevin Bacon, very scary. Yeah. <laughs> at that point, I'm like, these aren't friendlies. I think <laughs> this is a plot to murder me. I got to get out of here. Which he yeah, tries. No, but- yeah, the house chase was very funny. The way he jumps out the fucking window. Yeah, just into the bushes. Shit, completely. Yeah, but he he's, uh, has to be fearing for his life. You got this big, crazy-looking dude hulked out and this alien-looking girl. I, I, I'd do the same, too. Yeah, and that was that was the part too when I was uh, watching it where when he looks back after he's completely like biffed it, jumping out the window. And um, they just calmly jump off the roof and land perfectly fine. That's I, 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 I would absolutely know I was fucked. And there's probably no way I'm going to get away from these people. Yeah, the the scene where um, he's running on the street, but you're seeing them hopping like over. And you're just <laughs> like, he, they're just like keeping up with him. Like, I was just, just give up. Yeah. But he, he up. did have that glimmer of hope when he saw the the police. Right. He, he was like, oh, I'm saved. And, and it's like, I was like, no, like they're not going to be able to do anything. So they start unloading on Drax, which I think is the funniest thing because these bullets are just tickling him. And he, which I didn't know that. I didn't realize that Drax was impervious to bullets. I, I was surprised to me too because I was like, what is this skin made out of? Like, because uh, th- this is something we never seen because uh, he's not really fighting people with normal, like, you know, ammunition. Yeah, he never goes up against, uh, um, like, earth weapons. No. In anything. Yeah, yeah no. I, uh, I thought that was funny, though. The, the cops just immediately start shooting him, <laughs> which was one of the more realistic things that happens in the movie. Yeah. Okay, yeah. The cops are just going to start shooting. Um, yep. They're just going to start shooting you. And uh, they're they're tickling him, and I I like to see, or I I like that Mantis was using her powers just to put everybody to to, to sleep because they weren't there to yeah. to really hurt anybody. And the the way that we got to see her in action, um, I, that was something new too. Like we never yeah. got to see her like that aggressive, um, and mm-hmm. have that kind of um you know fight. So that was something cool that, that I really enjoyed because uh, Mantis uh, has that capability. She's not just some like support character. She actually has like the skills to fight. Yeah, no, I thought this was a cool thing where you kind of showcased a character that didn't get too much shine in the last Guardians movie. Mm-hmm. So the, going into this one, she will, you know, be a little bit more understood and established than she was, you know, coming out of Guardians 2. And through all the Avengers movies, you know, she certainly wasn't spotlighted like the rest of the guardians were you know so much of the story revolved around gamora and uh and you know peter 
of course had like prominent placement in the the stories as well mm-hmm. that uh and I, I like that we got to hang out with Drax for a little bit, knowing that the next thing will certainly be Bautista's last outing. Which is as the character. Which is sad. But at the same time, I think I think for Guardians moving forward, like we very well could see more maybe Rocket and Groot because they're easy. Um and we might be able to see more Mantis. Yeah, because because she she gets more connections to other characters. That and and even in like later in the comic books, she actually becomes like really important when she has a son. Mm-hmm. So, so like, there's there's certain characters in these Guardians movies that I don't think we're going to lose completely, but um, but there I, I did like that we got to see you know more Drax for the time that he's going to be in the character because it's not going to be after the yeah. next movie for sure. And he goes full Drax when that uh, stray police car is coming towards them. <laughs> and this whole time, Mantis is fighting to not damage anybody, right? She's just putting everybody to mm-hmm. sleep. Um, yeah, she, she's beating him up, but she's not, uh, you know, trying to put killing anybody. To, yeah, she's not killing anybody. And Drax, uh, you know, flips the police car, and you're like, holy shit. Like, Drax, hopefully, uh, like, I was thinking, like, damn, I hope they didn't kill anybody because, like, obviously, they're not there. To, to cause havoc, yeah, yeah, they're just there to capture Kevin Bacon. Um, but luckily, Mantis goes to their aid and uh, checks on them and gives. <laughs> she just gives them uh, her, her candy cane. cane. She's like, uh, uh, she's like, sorry, like take this, which, which, which was funny to see because the police officers were obviously terrified because yep. they probably had never encountered anything like that in their lifetime. So. They were just very accepting of everything that Mandis was telling them, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, no, that that part was funny. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. And then after that, they she basically convinces Kevin Bacon he wants to go with them. Mm-hmm. And, and then they ra- raid the the Halloween store. Yeah, yeah, they they go and, and grab all the 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 decorations because they needed to. Uh, decorate nowhere there's obviously nothing there christmas uh, no christmas decorations so they needed supplies and yeah then it cuts to them on the the bowie which is pretty interesting which i didn't realize um that the because the bowie is the third ship that they've had that each ship was like named after like um like an artist what was the first one first one was uh, Alyssa milano it was the milano (sighs) the milano i don't think i realized it was that was who that was named after i i, I just learned That's funny this. what what was the what was the second ship uh pat benatar because it's the it was the benatar so it was named after pat benatar i don't think i knew the name of the, the second ship so i don't think i knew that even knew to know it was the benatar i would have probably picked that one up but i didn't realize so, like milano doesn't you know i mm-hmm. milano is just a, a a word i'm familiar with so i wouldn't have attached that to her that's funny that's amazing yeah, and then the third one. I did uh, like. I did like that the third one's named the Bowie. I thought that was. Cute. Yeah, which you referenced earlier from uh, Werewolf by Night. That's why I was like, oh, we'll get to David Bowie. Yeah, especially now that he's gone. Like I thought that was the, that was sweet. Yeah, nice nod. Um, but I, I I do love that next scene when they're in the like cockpit and they're slowly realizing that Kevin Bacon is an actor is not yeah is not a hero <laughs> yeah he's not the dude, dude from footloose that, honestly that was probably the best part of the whole the whole thing 
yeah when they're realizing you're, like, you're an actor and they just get so grossed out and they start yeah. you know uh, like gagging and which was so funny and then mantis has to use her power and she's just like she's like you got to pretend to uh, to to be a hero and then he's going through his, his different roles yep he puts on an accent yeah they're like what are you doing they're like, just be normal um, yeah no that was that was really funny too when they talked about him being in friday the 13th I totally forget he's in friday the 13th i didn't even know till this movie I, I didn't even really? know you've never seen the og friday the 13th no i have but i didn't know that was him yeah, he's young as mm-hmm. fuck, man. He's yeah. a kid in it. It's like uh, he's in Friday the Thirteenth. Johnny Depp is in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Um, like that, those horror, those early horror movies, like made people into stars who, or at least like grabbed these people before they became big stars. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because yeah, those are some of like, yeah, the biggest well. actors today. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a there's a myth of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, there's a, a, that whole seven degrees uh, of separation or seven degrees of Kevin yep. Bacon or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So what what happens next? They they make it back to to nowhere. Obviously, there, there, there's no issue. Yeah, they then. make it back. One thing we skipped right over, which we don't need to come back to the song. Oh, I don't really like the song too much. If I'm being honest, kind of corny, kind of funny, a yeah. little little bit bit of both. Yeah, I, I feel like if I liked the song. But I know I know I'm familiar with the band, although I've never listened to them before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even know they're a real band until today. Yeah, it's the the old ninety sevens. I was uh I the the um they're like they're like in like kind of like a, a an adjacent like rock scene from like the maybe the late nineties, early two thousands. Like I wanna say they're they're part of that like Wilco kind of um music scene. But maybe I've honestly they've been on like a list of bands for me to like see if I like for like the last 10 years. And I've just never really dove into it. The the my main frame of reference for the old 97s is in um, there's an episode of Friday Night Lights where Matt Saracen and Julie Taylor are going to see the old 97s. So that's like my uh, my frame of reference for the band always is oh, that was the band that they're going to see in Friday Night Lights. But then I don't think they even make it to the concert. Damn, um, Matt Saracen. So hold on, wait, 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 one second. You can't just gloss over Friday Night Lights. I didn't even know you liked that show. I love that show. I fucking love Friday Night Lights, my dude. <laughs> dude, I'm such a Tim. Have, Tim Riggins is my dude. Dude, I have a Riggins jersey. What? That I've played in before, and um, but when we went to see Black Panther, um, um, Ashton got me a a, a Vince Howard jersey for Christmas one year. And anytime I go and see a Michael B. Jordan movie, I wear my Vince Howard jersey. Oh man, I, 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 I you know what's crazy is I, I wanted like after watching, I'm not, even, I'm not even kidding. After watching that show, I wanted to move to Texas and like looked up their town and found out that it was a fictional town. It's a fictional town, yeah. Yeah, but God, Coach Eric Taylor, what, what a, what dude, a, a, amazing human being. That dude. Bear with me. Okay. Friday Night Lights needs to revival season. What would the story be? The story is the story is that um, so Eric Taylor would be back in coaching another high school again. Wait, the East Dillon? Or? 
Maybe, yeah, maybe they go back to Dylan. Okay. Um, fucking, um, you'd get to, so Riggins would maybe come in as his assistant coach, mm-hmm. bring back Riggins for assistant coach. You see Julian Saracen as adults. It would only be like four episodes. Okay. You'd maybe get a uh, smash would be possibly a, um, like a host on an on on the ESPN channel or something okay, like yeah. that. Like, like a commentator. Shout out Smash Williams. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Smash would be like a commentator. Vince is still playing. What about um Jason? What was his last name? Um wait, uh fucking oh my god. Why why am I drawing Jason Street. Jason Street. Jason oh, Street would be um god. I mean Honestly, Jason Street would probably be some sort of problematic Christian. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that show, uh, that show but, was uh, amazing. You could, you could, it, you could center it around fucking Buddy Garrity's funeral or something. That was, but you bag. could, br- dude, bring it back. Like, I, I, th- this was my me and Ashton would, t- would dream about the Friday Night Lights revival when we were watching the Gilmore Girls revival. Okay, because it was the only other show that we were watching. We were like, they could totally fucking bring this back. And just do like a four episode mini series. Just catch up with all the characters. Yeah, because let you know what 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 they're up to, man. What they're doing. Tim Riggins got done dirty in Hollywood, though. Mm-hmm. He was John. Oh, what? He, uh, he was John Carter. Remember? I know. I know. He, he was John I've, Carter. I've heard. I've still never seen that movie. Heard nothing but good things about it. Well, he 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 did John Carter. It bombed, and he got like blacklisted. Hollywood was like, we don't want to touch that guy. Well, he was in um, the second season of True Detective. He's pretty good in that. I never seen that. Um, fucking, what, we're calling him Tim Riggins. What Taylor Kish? Taylor. Um, he was also in Battleship. That apparently that movie is fucking rough. I've well, never seen it. Sounds kind of funny though. Apparently, in the movie Battleship, the aliens, because because Battleship, based on the board game Battleship, mm-hmm. um, it's. The U.S. Navy, or I think the U.S. and maybe the Chinese Navy versus the aliens is the premise of the movie. But the aliens shoot something at the battleships, and they look like the little pegs. That sounds so stupid. It's so stupid. I kind of want to watch it just to get to that <laughs> point and see the pegs. But uh, but yeah, he was in that movie with Rihanna, her uh, her first movie she was ever in, which um, I can't imagine she is uh, fond of the fact that she did that. Um, yeah, you know, a, a lot of them went on to do some good stuff, like Saracen. Um, Saracen was in. Uh, I'm looking right now. He was in the Purge, which yes, that's the second Purge. Yeah, Purge Anarchy. Yeah, he's in the second Purge. That one's good. And then um, um but though, have you seen Midnight Mass? No, I've never seen that. It's uh the Mike Flanagan, um, the guy who did Haunting a Hill House and okay. uh, Haunting a Blind Manor. Uh Midnight Mass is the third show he did for Netflix. He's in that. He's amazing in it. It's fucking phenomenal. He's also in that uh, new show that Mike Flanagan did, Midnight Club, too. He's in that. Okay. Who was uh, Saracen's best friend? Because that guy went on to do some shit. Yo, Landry. Yes, um, Lance. Blank- <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lance. Um, fucking blanking on that actor's name right now, but I mean, he's in tons of shit. He was in fucking... Um, he was in Breaking uh, Bad, remember? He was in Breaking Bad? Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Um, he kills that kid. Um, he was in the fucking um, Judas and the Black Messiah. He plays the, the sketchy... Um, CIA guy. 
uh, or FBI guy. I can't remember. FBI or CIA. I can't remember who. Either way, they both suck. Um, any alphabet agency is horrible. Um, but yeah, he's in that. He's in that um, Game Night movie with uh, Eric Taylor oh, as well. I, I did watch that. Dude, that movie fucking ruled. It was um, a fun movie. Well, yeah, no, he's had a fucking hell of a career. Yeah, and then um, obviously uh, uh, Coach Eric Taylor, I had seen him and he was in this show that, that I used to watch um, as a kid where he would get like this newspaper and like it would tell the future. Um, Holy shit, he was in that show? Yeah, that was, yeah, he was in that show. I remember that show. Yeah. That, that, that was, show got canceled after like a half a season now. Yeah, he was in that. Oh, I'm trying to figure out what the hell is that guy's name. Okay, Damn, I didn't know Kyle Chandler was in that. Okay, Jesse Plemons, that's his name. That's Jesse his name. Plemons, there it is. Okay, so he is, uh, yeah, you said Game Night. He is in The Irishman, which I, I totally forgot. That movie was too Damn, long. I, I, yo, only watched the first half of The Irishman. It's pretty good, but it's really long. I know. I need to need to need to get back into it. It's also like I love it. Like I love movies about like union fucking sketchiness because I wish unions were so sketchy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I, I know I need to get back into that and finish it. And he was also in Jungle Cruise, which was awesome. Shout out! Jungle oh, I Cruise. still haven't seen that. It looks fun. Yeah, but love lo- Emily Blunt. But looking at his. Um, his uh, wiki he was in black mirror which is like probably uh the one show that i i remember him from he was in the episode the uss callister which is the uh, it was um in season four i think damn is that the is that that's the one where they bring in like american actors to do stuff yeah is that the one that like miley cyrus is in an episode that season mm-hmm. I, i've still i've only dude me and ashton tried to watch black mirror literally almost ruined our relationship <laughs> Why? How? I'm curious. We would be in such a bad mood every time we'd watch one. We would almost get in some insane fight over nothing just because we were both in such an icky place after watching any episode of Black Mirror. Because it's so real. It's awful. It's awful. I would like I would like to watch more of it, but like it legitimately makes me feel so bad. Okay, there's this newer episode. It it it. it Oh, I, I look. So it's in um uh season five, episode one. It's called the episode's called Striking Vipers. Um, it has um uh uh Sam Wilson in it. What's his name? Uh, okay. Um, fuck. Anthony uh, Mackie. Yeah, and that episode is insane because um I I I don't want to say anything about it because you just have to watch it. Yeah, you can't. I mean, describing a Black Mirror episode is like like. A pointless because it, sometimes it won't even make sense, or if it does make sense, it ruins it. Yeah, and it, 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 it's a like maybe don't watch it with um you know Ashton so you guys don't get it in a fight. But it's dude, the last episode we watched, I think, was the episode where the girl wakes up and everyone's like looking at her. Okay, and you find out that she's in, she's been sentenced to like a prison, and the prison is that that she's basically like a fucking like a zoo. zoo animal yeah yeah fuck <laughs> dude <laughs> i it, hate it. <laughs> it it gets fucking dark dude some of those episodes gets dark okay one last thing on black mirror they they did a um i forgot what's the term um but but they did one of those interactive movies on netflix did you ever watch that oh yeah i remember when they uh wait that wasn't that wasn't was that the bandersnatch thing yeah yeah, yeah 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 okay 
That's pretty interesting. Yeah, because I remember saying, uh, I, I saw a tweet or something around that time. Someone like tweeted, like, um, I keep seeing people t- t- tweeting about Bird Box and Bandersnatch, and I think people are <laughs> misspelling Benedict Cumberbatch's name. <laughs> Good old Doctor Strange. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Okay. Uh, please, at some point. I'll revisit it. I'll revisit it. Okay. Next time Ashton's on, uh, on a fucking... Uh, on a show or a movie or something like that, I'll I'll spend my time alone feeling terrible watching Black Mirror, and I'll text you being pissed off at okay. you. Just specifically, text me after you watch Striking Vipers. That's that's my we'll episode. Do. We'll okay. do. Okay, so getting back to Guardians, they got Kevin Bacon. Now they're back on Nowhere, which is uh, pretty interesting because now they have to basically decorate and present Peter with his gift in hopes to save Christmas. Which sounds so easy and makes sense, right? But things don't go according to plan. Yeah, goddamn, dude. I, I I was I was just remembering, like, oh yeah, he does freak out. Yo, the the way the the way they decorated that set that was fucking great. Yeah, I I thought it was it was amazing. I, I like me and me and Ashton like talking about like the time that they put in to like build that set and build all that shit. And then to then go behind and take the time to put up Christmas decorations on all of it. Fucking wild. I can't imagine the amount of money they spent doing that whole enterprise. Yeah, they got that, you know, that Disney money. It's all right. It's yeah, but I mean, fuck, it's so much money. Man. <laughs> yeah. Especially for something that just is airing on your fucking streaming service. Like, holy shit. Well, it adds value, right? Because now people want to see it. Go get that Disney yeah. bundle. Go get your Hulu. Watch it every year now. So yeah, yeah who knows? Um, but they they're surprising Peter, right? Like uh, I, I like that it's cutting to Craglin to Nebula because uh, they're they're each uh, kind of like turning on um, responsible for part of it. Yeah, yeah, and obviously Peter's uh, surprised because I'm sure he hasn't celebrated Christmas since before he was abducted, mm-hmm. which is a crazy thing too to think about. It's like he was basically human trafficked f- from when yeah. he was a kid to, to now. Um, and somehow uh, I guess he just over time became okay with it because he could have gone home at some point, but yeah, to who though? I mean, his family died. <laughs> True. Um, but uh as they're, they're uh, turning everything on, they, they get all the lights and everything uh, going. They they let Peter know, like, hey, like we got you a gift. And uh, Groot, <laughs> Groot wheels out this giant box. And Peter's like, oh, this is cool. Um, obviously, he has no idea what's inside the box. And oh, then he hears something's inside the box. Yeah, and then he, he hears something and he opens the box and he sees that it's Kevin Bacon. And immediately, he knows something's up. This isn't right. Yeah. Like you don't give other humans as gifts uh, for Christmas for for anything. Like the, the, he he immediately knew the, the, this is not right. Like what the hell's going he on? Knows Mantis used her power. Yeah, and he, he he calls her out. He's he's just like he's like what the hell's going on? And he's like Mantis, like did you use your powers? And he asks her to release Kevin. He's just like he's like turn him back to normal. And at that point, I was like, oh, this is this isn't going to be good because yeah, I, I can't imagine coming to not knowing where you're at seeing a bunch of foreign species aliens. like you see yeah, seeing aliens for the first time and 
trying to get calmed down when you're like mine's probably running a thousand miles a second trying to process everything that you're seeing it, it, it'd be an insane moment for anybody yeah no and i i dude when he takes off and then he's like all right go get him and then Nebula cocks her gun and starts to it's like i'm on it he's like alive yeah he's like he's like don't don't kill him um which is great and and i i thought this would be like another chase scene but they don't even show his capture they just kind of cut to the yeah. next scene and uh they they have him and uh, he he's telling uh craglin to bring him back to earth and he's like uh, like trying to apologize and uh you know let him know that they're not there to harm him that this was just some yeah. big misunderstanding and and I thought it was nice that once they get onto the the, the Bowie Craglins explaining to him how this whole thing happened, yeah. and he Kevin Bacon feels for him. He's like, "Holy shit, this is this is crazy that they went to all this trouble to get me to try to save Christmas for this guy." And he actually stays for a, a, a bit longer, which well, I, his, his his wife calls him and then oh, he's like, I forgot about that. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I get service out here. He goes, oh, we got some satellite dishes to pick up anything and within like four thousand light years or whatever. And he's like, he's like, oh, shit. So then he talks to his wife. and He's like, you know what? Actually, I got something I need to do. Mm -hmm. And he stays and performs with the the band and honestly makes Peter's Christmas. Yeah, no, it was cute. It was very cute. That was like, uh, if if I had to sum up, like you know, in a sentence or two, each of each of these special features, whatever, I would say, Werewolf by Night made me excited about Marvel moving forward, mm -hmm. and the Guardians holiday special was very cute. <laughs> so Kevin Bacon performs. He goes on his way, but then it cuts to Mantis, and peter talking and mm -hmm. she's explaining to them or excuse me she's explaining to peter why they went to so much trouble of putting christmas on for him and he kind of smirks and lets her know like hey i don't think uh, craglin knows the real outcome to this story yeah and then it cuts back to the cartoon form and it shows yandu walking by the trash can and he sees his present and that grumpy motherfucker opens his present and gets in his feels and he's like wow I'm an asshole and but but he makes up for it and mm -hmm. and then it cuts to, to to peter walking in in his room and there's his present on his bed and i'm not even kidding I, I was sitting there watching it and when peter's unwrapping his gift and you see that the gift that yandu got him were his elemental guns that he's had from the very beginning i screamed i was like oh shit this i teared up dude i i teared up i was sitting there crying like a little bitch dude i was that was a great great surprise it was sweet. yeah it was very sweet it was very 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 sweet i thought uh and then yeah but then he's talking to mantis and she breaks it to him that yeah she was like hey like i have something to tell you like i think I think um, I'm your he sister. goes like my yeah. dad and he's like what is it wait he's like he's like wait so you're my sister and he's like oh that's like the best christmas present ever like he was yeah it's very cute yeah he, he was so stoked to embrace her as his sister which was very awesome because 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 mm -hmm. now he's not really alone he actually has yep he has family now like actual family yeah no i thought that was i thought it was a really sweet story i thought it was it was very neat and well and well put together and a perfect little 45 minute um exploration into the guardians a little bit 
with with less stakes <laughs> yeah less stakes they're and not, it, it not just fighting anybody they're not having to solve any world or universal problems they are just they're just you know this is what this, this is the hijinks they get up to and they did just a really great job of making us love these characters even more just because yeah just like those, that little tidbit i'm telling you man when i saw those elemental guns in that box i was just like yeah no it was, yes. it was awesome yeah it was very cool it was very very <laughs> Very, very sweet. Um, and then all of their presents were, were, were really cute. Yeah, well, which it was Groot, all made by Groot. Groot gi- yeah, Groot gives out all, the, all which, the little things the, that are parts of the movie. That was, but, that was but awesome. The Kraglin one was like Inception because it was like him holding his gift. Holding and him. I was just like, how did holding he do him. that? <laughs> I was just like, that, that, that was pretty good. Even though I, yeah, I hated was... Groot's uh, model. And did, did you stick around for the post credit scene? Um, I'm trying to remember. I know what we did. It was uh, uh, Cosmo and Rocket and Groot. Yes, but what the fuck happens? I'm trying to remember now. It was really quick. They they were just trying to dress up uh, Groot as a Christmas tree. As a Christmas tree, yeah, yeah. And then I remember now. And then he messes it up, and Cosmo's like, "He's like Groot, you ruined Christmas," <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny because Cosmo's just yeah. kind of seems like a little asshole, but. Um, dude, when uh, who is it? Nebula gives Rocket. Uh, oh yes, Bucky, we didn't even Bucky's talk. his arm. Which, how did? Because because that's the vibranium arm. That's not his original arm yeah. that he lost in Civil War. This is his new arm that was gifted yeah. to him by Wakanda, the Wakandans. Yeah. Um. So that's a big mystery because he had his yeah. arm at the end of Falcon Winter Soldier. That was the last time we saw him. Yeah, no, I don't know what that means. I don't know either, because <laughs> because obviously there. Um, uh, if you remember, uh, they have that pressure point on him to disable his arm. Yeah. So did Nebula figure that out? Go and steals arm. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, maybe Bucky takes his arm off to sleep, and she just went down and snatched it. Huh. Pretty interesting. Okay. Well, that was great special. I, I'm I'm very yeah, much looking awesome. forward. It was fun. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, there has been some MCU stuff, uh, you know, Ant Man, like official Ant Man trailer, official yeah. Brazilian Guardians Galaxy three trailer. Um, stuff looks cool. I, I am excited for Kang. I'm very excited for Kang. Yeah, because he's he's so powerful just by having time travel, right? And yeah. obviously, there's multiple versions of him that uh, crosses. Um, you know, there's like the Council of Kang. There, there's so many cool and crazy Kang stories. I am just so happy that we get to experience this because I love anything to do with time travel. So this is just something that is right on my alley. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm curious. the The one version of Kang I'm curious if we're gonna get to see um, uh, Iron Lad. If we're gonna get to see the alternate, like, good version of Kang, I'm I'm curious if they're gonna go that deep into his his lore. Well, we haven't for a while because we get two Avengers movies. Yeah, yeah, we got an Ant Man movie and then and several. I, I I did see a few things. Um, like today I was looking at because a lot of stuff about Thor: Love and Thunder is coming out, like stuff that was taken out of it. Mm-hmm. Um. Because apparently, like Galactus was supposed to like just be in it, just but being. It seems like a little too advanced. 
Yeah, and, that, and I think that's why they took him out. I think they were like, they were like, oh, maybe not that fast. Yeah, maybe don't go that quick to there. Maybe we at least have the Fantastic Four exist before we start talking about this guy. Um, What's up with Thor? I hate Thor. I know you do. I don't know. Does he have a I real think, feature think, in the MCU? I heard. I heard <laughs> that it, uh, Hemsworth wants to do one more, and then that be it. Um, yeah, but which, get a different director, please. Not that one guy. What's his name? Taika Waititi. Yeah, I hate that guy. I like Taika Waititi. <sighs> Just, I... although again, Ragnarok better than Thor: Love and Thunder. I'm yeah. Not gonna ever, not gonna ever try to say that that's. But uh, yeah, I think I think another director would be cool for it. Um, they, um, the speculation I heard was that if they do another Thor movie, it's going to be sort of like a Captain America: Civil War, or um what captain america 4 is going to be it'll be more of like a a crossover team up movie where thor's in it but it's mostly you know a vehicle to tell a bigger story um and they talked about like like war of the gods or something like that being something they do um because hercules is gunning for him now so mm-hmm. there might be like something there which you know whatever go for it i'll watch it <laughs> At this point, the, the way I feel about any Marvel moving forward is nothing can be as bad as Eternals. So as long as you don't hit that low again, oh. I will be fine. <laughs> Eternals 2. <laughs> as long as I can walk out and go, well, at least it wasn't as bad as Eternals. Even Eternals 2. At least if I can walk out of Eternals 2 and say, at least it wasn't as bad as the first one. I'll be happy. I'll be happy. I'll go I'll see these movies till I'm dead. Okay. Yep. I, I'm definitely in the same boat. <clears throat> Uh, but just curious, obviously, uh, we always like to talk about your music stuff. Uh, you're just recently in California. I'm just curious about uh, your experience playing for the children. Well, we only got to make the first day because we flew in so late on Saturday. We were mm-hmm. supposed to land at nine and we ended up landing at like 1230 or midnight or something like that. So we didn't get to our hotel till like two o'clock. Mm hmm um am so we uh so getting there was kind of a nightmare we were pretty we were all pretty grumpy and miserable on the way and by we all it was just me peter caleb and uh and isaac flying out because chris was already there because harm's way played mm-hmm. on the saturday which their set looked fucking crazy um we were like watching videos of it while we were in transit and i was like oh well fucking good for them um but uh yeah no it was cool um you know we loaded in we got lunch with the harm's way guys um and i'm trying to think of i watched your your boys and firestarter um moshed (laughs) didn't plan on it but i did um they were they were really fucking cool I'm trying to think of the next band I watched after after Firestarter. I don't know if I because I was kind of like wandering around, like um, catching up with people for a while. Um, I think the next thing I might have watched was Abrasion mm-hmm. in the upstairs because I watched a lot of the upstairs bands because that's where uh, that's where Inclination played. Um, but Abrasion was sick. Um, fuck, I watched somebody else upstairs and I'm just blanking on right now. Um, but uh, Vamakara was cool. That was my first time seeing them with uh, new singer Gage. 
um, well, I mean, I guess a new singer, but he was he was already in the band. Did, yeah, yeah. Did he play guitar before? Uh, bass, if I remember correctly. He played bass. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they sounded fucking awesome. They were sick. Yeah. Um, They're super tight live. They sound really good. And then from I think from the point where I caught like the first like quarter half of uh quarter to a half of Vamakara before I realized I was like I should probably go upstairs so my band knows where I know we're about to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went up and then we played after Vamakara. Um, our set was pretty, pretty wild. I kind of, I kind of sucked cause I, I spin kicked Chris's drums while we were playing and knocked them all over Holy shit. <laughs> in the middle of the song. So that wasn't exactly cool. Um, during the second song, during thoughts and prayers. Um, and then I lost the mic almost every song at least once I would lose a mic and then have to either take Isaac's mic and have no slack or eventually somebody would maybe hand me the mic back. Um, so I was kind of all over the place on that tiny ass stage. Um, uh, Chris from change did, uh, Russ's part, which was cool. Um, but yeah, our set was really fun. Um, we only played like six songs cause we had like just like a tight 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, um, would have definitely been cool to have played like a real set because we just kind of had to play the hits. Um, not saying any of our songs are hits, but we had to play the songs we have to play. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, our set was really fun. It was really cool. Um, and then immediately after we played God's Hate Blade, which I caught, I, I helped Peter take all of our gear because we stayed in a hotel behind the Blasco okay that's pretty convenient so like we walked i walked the the gear back to our hotel room and then i walked back and caught the second like third of god's hate or not god's hate fucking disgrace mm-hmm. god's hate played the fucking pre-show um sorry i i, I mix all those fucking bands up because they're like the same fucking five people um but uh but yeah i got caught the second or the last third of disgrace which was sick i Realized I don't think I'd seen Disgrace since they played Louisville on tour with Twitching Tongues in like maybe 2013 or so. Um, yeah, they yeah they, they just like randomly like went inactive, so that's not surprising. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was cool seeing them. And then I'm trying to think of the next thing I watched was maybe Minus upstairs, and I went off for Minus pretty pretty hard. I uh. Dude, I like got back into listening to Minus before for the children, and that Minus LP is so good. I'm surprised that uh, they're not as active as they could be because, like, that band is they are awesome. A lot of people love that band. The music is great, but uh, for whatever reason, they just uh, they're just on their own. Yeah, time. I mean, I can imagine maybe like playing without Tim is is still like sad for them. Sure, one hundred percent. But. Uh, so I feel like like keeping it to like events and like playing things that maybe he would be excited to play if he were still around. I think that kind of makes it a little bit more meaningful. And, you know, some bands, maybe it's not, a, you know, the point of the band to play and tour and do the most. Maybe just keeping it local or keeping it, you know, around you know, special occasions is, is more meaningful, but I was fucking psyched to see minus cause it's been years since I'd seen minus. Yeah. Um, 
but uh yeah they were awesome and then i'm trying to think i think internal affairs i think ia was after minus on the big stage and the last time i saw internal affairs was in 2006 at the first this is hardcore that's crazy. So I went nuts. I felt like a fucking child. I was like grinning like a fucking idiot. I was so excited. Um, uh, Chris, uh, Chris introduced me to Corey after a little while after, and I got to talk to Corey Williams for a little while. And he was a very nice guy and um, and super cool. I don't think I'd seen him in real life since Piece by Piece played United Blood years ago. Um, but uh it was cool. It was cool getting to meet him and talk to him and punish him a little bit about internal affairs because legit, like, um, like I told him, I was like, one internal affairs, this is for you, is like one of the uh, the early CDs I bought off of Rev when I got into hardcore. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it was cool. Um, it was awesome getting to see them again. They played a bunch of old songs, which that's like the material I'm the most familiar with of theirs. Um, shit, I'm gonna fucking take my hoodie off real quick. No problem. Tyler's taking off his hoodie for anybody that's not watching and just listening. It's starting to get warm up here. Um, but uh, but yeah, after IA was, uh, I think Take Offense played next. And I haven't seen Take Offense since Mitch from Low End and Cross Me joined. So it was awesome getting to see them again. And um so yeah, I got to and I got to see uh, Greg Sirwanka because Turns Out played Louisville um, like a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. But seeing the rest of those guys, seeing Anthony and Randy and talking to them was cool. It was just it was awesome just being it for the children, just getting to see a bunch of people I hadn't seen in a long time. Getting to talk to Travis from Minus and Dan because um, I hadn't seen him since his accident. So it was just it was really cool just getting to see everybody and catch up and you know talk to people i haven't talked to in years um it was cool it was an awesome vibe i had a ton of fun um i'm trying to think after to i think i was pretty checked out until terror um yeah i think i was totally checked out until terror but dude terror i mean i fucking love terror it them playing lowest below in its entirety fucking upsetting how few people cared really it was it was it was i mean i i don't like like, i don't want to sound like i'm denigrating anything like it was shot it should have been fucking crazy and Mm. it was fucking shot i was up front the whole time the whole time I should not have been up front the whole time. I should have gotten obliterated to the point where I had to leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was up front the whole time, and I don't think I staged dove a single time until they started playing uh, one with the underdog songs because there was nobody to dive on. No one came up. That's interesting. It was it. It was so weird. It was so weird. Like Greg from uh, Take Offense, like me and him were like up front for most of it together and it should have been so crazy that we didn't want anything to do with it mm-hmm. that's what i imagine it'd be like that's how i imagined it would be like i was like cool i'm gonna get to stage dive to all these songs i'm gonna stage dive to push it away which i haven't gotten to do in 10 years mm-hmm. and then 
I was eyeballing the fucking zones the whole time during during that that you know section of the set. And I was like, everybody who's diving is going straight to the floor. And I'm 34 years old. I cannot afford to do that. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, I'm, I guess I'm just going to stay up here and sing along and just be stage dove on for anybody who is doing it. And, um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was rough. Kids were getting hurt. Somebody, somebody got, um, for sure, like either KO'd or knocked out through a bad dive and got carried out at one point during, I'm trying to remember what they were playing. It might've been, might've been out of my, I can't remember. I can't remember what they were fucking, what they were playing at that point. Cause they, they stopped a song mid song and then they, and then they re-entered it. But, uh, I did find out I can still do a flip. And if nobody catches me, I'll land on my feet. So that was a, that was a fun thing to figure out that I can still do. I'd be scared to um, test my knees out. I, I was fucking shocked. <laughs> I was fucking shocked. Well, Cause that stage is just tall. I know I can do it off a smaller stage, mm-hmm. but, um, but, uh, but that was funny. Um, Beano yeah, no, was a, uh, it was fun. I mean, Tara was. I mean, regardless of them, you know, not getting the response, I think they deserved. Uh, especially fucking Todd Jones playing with them. He's a legend. Like he fucking got up there and played all these songs he wrote, and you would have thought it was, you know, I, I feel like those songs were crazier when they were first written. Like their responses were were more nuts, and they they're a band at the in my opinion, the still at the height of their power, still able to write a record like pain into power. And it's fucking top five terror record. Maybe people just aren't really familiar as hype as I guess, I guess Cause you got to think that record is pretty old at this point. Yeah, But like, I, I feel like still when you get into like, when you get into hardcore and you're getting into stuff like you, get, like you're people are still listening to fucking set it off. Are they, or are they just wearing set it off merch? Fucking hope so. I don't know. Maybe this <laughs> yeah, everybody I, sucks, man. People are pussies. It's um, it, it's rough. But yeah, but sure. yeah, no. But it was cool. I, I I like I had a fucking blast. It was fun. Ate in and out. It was great. In and out. I will be there shortly. Um, because I love In and Out. But uh, one thing that I I'm just curious about um. I'm not like the biggest fan or care too much, but obviously uh, the Grammys are coming up. You, you you familiar with the Grammys, right? I mean, yeah, I know the Grammys. I don't know. Is, is, is hardcore going to be on the Grammys again? Yeah. Turnstile's nominated for some stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm trying to that mean that they would have a chance at winning. I'm sure. Do they have the best shot of a hardcore band? Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to just like ever for like for yeah for, for yeah, from like absolutely. our bubble. Absolutely, the, the the most the most commercially accessible hardcore band of all time. No. Without having to write bad music. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because like, arguably H two O was pretty accessible too, but they wrote some bad music. <laughs> yeah, I, I it's 2022. I'm not putting on H two O. I'm good. I still like two records in their entirety and a few songs off of some other ones, but I'm also not really putting on H2O. Okay, so Turnstile is nominated for three. Rock Performance for Holiday and Rock Song, right? 
So mm-hmm. for holiday, and then they're uh, nominated for a metal performance for the song Blackout. Okay. So that's three chances. It, it, that would be <laughs> insane if they won. Like I would be not surprised if they won because, like you said, um, good music, very accessible, not anything too like crazy. So for them to have got that nomination, I'm happy for them. And I think it would be a win for hardcore if they got that that Grammy. So. So Holiday is really the bigger song than Mystery? I guess. I not not by my standards, but I guess I just looked at the plays and it really is. I that doesn't that doesn't clock to me. Mystery, I think, is the best turnstile song. Yeah, but you can't those numbers, yeah, those are all half the shit's fake. I guess. But but well obviously Holiday's getting considered a bigger single than Mystery if it's getting fucking nominated. Yeah, but who chooses that? I, I honestly, Holiday might be one of the more mid songs to me on that record. <clears throat> yeah. I think Mystery is one of the best songs a hardcore band's ever written. Everything about it is cool. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's wild. I, I just, I, sometimes I, sometimes I, I get so disconnected from like what other people like and what other people think about things that I forget that like I don't have the opinion everybody else has. <laughs> Same here. I'm still waiting for Terra to play Are We Alive? Still. <laughs> and, waiting for what? Uh, Terra to play Are We Alive? Dude, <laughs> yo, fucking that record rules. Um, uh, but, you know, it's still dreaming. Holding out hope. I'm going I'm, I'm to stick around long enough. You know, I, I've been around long enough to, to hear some of that stuff live, but I would like to hear it these Dude, I days. I wish they would bring back always the Harway songs, man. Yeah. They have so much. They have so many songs they could do special performances. Maybe I've seen him play some of those uh, the Dan the Shame songs before. Mm-hmm. I've seen him play Return to Strength. I think. Well, I know I've seen him play Return to Strength. I I, I think I saw him play that in uh, in Nashville. I wish they would bring back Betrayer. That was one of my favorite Terror songs. Yeah, I've seen the first time I saw Terror was like two thousand three. So I, outside of like God damn, you saw him fucking early. They're like the first hardcore band I ever listened to. That's so badass. Yeah. So fucking, I think I think the first hardcore band I ever listened to was Bane. Damn, Bane! Do you ever watch that Bane documentary? I mean, not well. No, no, I actually haven't. I heard it's I heard it's pretty sick. Um, but uh, I uh, I mean, the first hardcore band I listened to was like fucking Bad Brains and Minor Threat. But like the first hardcore band I listened to was Bane. <laughs> Damn! Yeah, you should watch that um, that documentary. It's actually pretty good. I I went and saw it on YouTube. I don't know. Because I, I I saw it, it I, I went to an actual screening in, a, in like an indie movie theater and watched it. Oh, that sounds amazing! Yeah, like the guys behind the documentary were there. That's uh, cool. Yeah, but it, it it was so good that I sent a message to Bidard on Instagram, and he actually responded. Which I was I was I did not expect him to respond, but um, he was really kind. That's really nice. Yeah. Um, we we me and me and Mo, uh, who sings in Two Witnesses, we uh. We saw Bane and This Is Hell and A Global Threat and fuck, I can't remember what else was on that tour. There's definitely another band on that tour. Uh, Strike Anywhere. I think it's mm-hmm. Strike Anywhere. Um, we saw them in Indianapolis and uh, Mo was pissing next to Bedard in the bathroom and looked at him and was like, I can't remember what he's, he asked him, are you going to play something like this song tonight? And he goes, I'll ask him. 
<laughs> and then they played <laughs> like Bane was such a cool band because like I think they were that band where like you could be like play this song and they would go okay <laughs> we know it we'll we'll play it we weren't going to I feel like they were they were from like an era of of, of hardcore band that would like didn't have like the set rehearsed mm-hmm. which is like they could just be like hey let's just play this song tonight yeah which is surprisingly not common right because because no, dude, dude I, I even like hit up some of my friends that don't even have like <laughs> a big discography i'm like yo are you guys playing this song tonight they're like no we, we don't know how to play it anymore i was like god damn it and like yeah, learn no, it dude uh i uh one of the things i constraint does sometimes we have uh we have an alternate set we have two different sets we'll play mm-hmm. with um with a couple songs like subbed in and out so we can play a different set every night so we're not playing the exact same thing every night um which i prefer um inclination does not do that two two groups that i've seen live newfound glory and twice they they brought out a wheel with a fuck ton of songs they spin that wheel whatever it lands on it's go time and i'm like how that's so many songs to have to know it's insane so many songs it's insane yeah and that's on top of the set list right right you know the whole set list and then there's just wheel that you also have to know too crazy that's fun must be nice to be talented (sighs) it was crazy I remember, um, yeah, I, when I saw it twice, I, I saw it twice do it three times because I, they did like their, their, the world tour and they came back and did an encore, which was like the same exact performance as like the, uh-huh. the, the world tour, which is insane, but wild, but that terror wild. support terror. Terror is special. I, I love terror. Yeah, terror is special. People should fucking love terror. <clears throat> Everybody. I, I, the, the thing I said before when we, when we uh, when we ended our set, and, and I said I said nobody leaves before dare, and then some people left before dare. It's wild. My 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 job in Louisville is to bully kids leaving before dare. Man, I I anytime they play Louisville, I bully the hell out of anybody who's like trying to say bye to me before dare plays. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in this like predicament, right? Uh, I I have this show that's happening next month that it, it's not announced yet, um, and I don't like I want the headlining or I, I want the touring bands to headline because they're they're kind of big, but they're not well known out here. So mm-hmm. my fear is that I put them like the two touring bands at the top billing, and all the local kids leave, and I don't want that to happen. But I don't want to be like, hey, like local bands, you got a headline over like these touring bands i don't know it's like this weird that's like my new wrinkle that's my new problem play that shit by ear dude you can having having a local like that middling local band like constraints that band a lot of the time like we'll we'll be like sometimes we're first billing on a on a show we'll end up headlining just to hopefully you know keep everybody around um or or (laughs) sometimes that local band's willing to play last just in case the show gets shut down Mm mm-hmm because we'll get to play again. Yeah, it, 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 it's this weird thing because, like, I listen to these bands that, that 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 are coming through, but I don't know how in tune people are, and it's just like obviously, like, I assume I assume everybody's in tune, and like in my mind, I'm like, this music's fucking awesome. Like, like, like people may not be familiar, but given like the right circumstances, like people would kill and pay a lot of money to see this band. 
Yeah, no, and, and and dude, sometimes people will like look at like their Spotify shit and like be like, oh, we've got so many so many listeners in this city, or, or we've got you know a bunch of people who like us from here, and it's like, who knows if those motherfuckers know the show's happening? Yeah, and and that's why I'm like stressing. I'm like, th- there was like a holdup. Th- th- there there was a holdup with one band, and this pisses me the this pisses me off to no end. I'm like, okay, like I'll I'll reach out. Hey, can you play this show? And I'll get like, okay, cool. Like, let me reach out to the rest of the band, right? Which is like, I assume a text away, a phone call away. But when I'm being, uh, you know, uh, put off for a week, two weeks, I'm like, dude. The show is less than a month away. I like if you can't do it, just tell me it's fine. Like no, no ill will. I'll just book you on the next one. I'll reach out again. I have other bands that want to play the show. Just don't give me the runaround. Just, yeah. just be straight up. And I, I got I, I got given the runaround, which um, was kind of annoying. And now it's like, great. Now I have less time to promote to promote the show. And um, I lost out on, on a bigger band because I was banking on this band that said that they were solid. And then uh, last minute, oh, I, I can't do it. And then turns out the bigger band took another show. So I'm like, fuck, now I'm uh, kind of crippled. Uh, but luckily, uh, I was able to make it work and got a pretty solid lineup. So I'm pretty stoked to announce this. The, uh, by the time this episode comes out, the show will be announced. Um, so I, I guess I could say it now. It, it's this, uh, what show is it? it, it it's, it's this band called Sun Title. Sun Title and House and Home, they're on tour. Um, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. but No. What kind of music is it? it? Sounds like it's indie shit. Yeah, it's like indie, like kind of like emo stuff, which is pretty fucking cool. And I was able to put together a, a lineup with uh, similar bands. There's a band out here mm-hmm. called uh, Spirit Dive, which uh, has a lot of like awesome people in it. Um, Stateside, which is uh, uh, some some of my close homies. Shout out uh, Eric. Shout out Lemus, Ben. Uh, just like like members of Take It to Heart and um, some other lo- local friends uh, doing like a, a pop punk band. And then there's this newer like um, I don't know how to describe it, but there's a band called Pop Free. Um, I'm, I'm friends with the singer uh, Jake. He actually does my hair. Awesome dude. And I think Pop Free has a great opportunity to be something, um, but people just got to take a chance on them. Uh, th- they're a newer band doing cool shit, so I'm trying to support them as much as I can. So, gotcha. I'm looking up these bands right now. Wait, is that no? Never mind. Looking up House and Home right now. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, check it out. Cool shit. So I- I'm excited to bring. I like some emo shit, dude. Yeah, just bring something different to to Orange County because um, obviously um, hardcore is amazing. But when other bands want to tour, like I I would like to be, uh, you know hit up for for other shit too so hopefully this is successful hopefully everybody listening to this comes out january 19th this is a thursday night a program uh it'll it'll be uh, fun great bands uh awesome music great time shout out program shout out uh josh white shout out sun title shout out house and home for wanting to come through josh white's the shit yeah he's he's the homie but January 19th, I will be getting ready to play our record release the next day. All right. Um, but I have to get to dinner because I'm starving, Tyler. You do that, bud. But this was awesome. I- I'm-, I'm happy. Oh, and you-, you might not know this, but you're the last episode of the year. So this will be the last episode of the JMRK podcast for the year. Uh, we will be returning next year. We have a stacked uh, January. February is already getting booked out. So shit- shit's not going to stop. I know people are praying on my downfall, but we're not going anywhere. <laughs> we're not fucking going anywhere. 
2022 was fun 2023 will be better expect more shit expect more shit from me and feet first shout out jeff we're doing cool shit in march look out for that shit yeah uh, no dude that shit's fucking awesome that bob wilson thing was cool thank you a lot of i mean i listened to a bunch of the episodes recently you talking to brennan the other day um oh. uh or that was that was a really good one to listen to i, I really like uh Squint I, was awesome they were really cool to act like you know i don't want to put that episode out <laughs> why because you guys got emotional yeah it, it sucks dude it's fucking sad. The, the the only thing I can say is the last time I saw Blake, he was moshing. Fucking ruled. You know, I'm, I haven't said this publicly, but I'm actually going to St. Louis for that memorial show. Like, I'm, I'll see you there. You, you're going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, A few of us are going to are gonna drive up. Yeah. Well, that's uh, unexpected, but uh, good to hear. I, I'm actually staying with uh, Drew. I don't know if I can say that publicly. Hopefully he doesn't get mad, but I'm, I'm, I'm staying with Drew. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, dude, I love all those dudes. There's I'm maybe a part of something that's happening at the at the thing, a special thing that would just that Blake <laughs> would have been excited about. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't I, I, I tried to find out if it's actually going to happen before okay. uh, we recorded to say it on here. But there might be something that people from St. Louis and Louisville would be excited about happening at that. But uh, I don't know yet um, if it's going to come together. But if if it does happen it's just another thing that happens that day but uh yeah yeah it's rest in peace to a real one for sure it yeah it just sucked um but i'm stoked that you uh, you checked out those episodes but yeah more shit next year we got more traveling like i said jeff and i doing shit in march good fortune i do more shit from within records and i do and good shit people don't really understand i fucking love carter holmes i fucking love from within records shit shit's not gonna stop yeah, Carter's the shit, dude. It's all it, hardcore's sick, man. Right now, Carter, uh, hardcore's awesome. Everybody, everybody's doing good stuff. Um, yeah, it's cool. All right. Well, like I said, thank you, Tyler. This has uh, been an amazing run. Thank you, Jamie. Great year. Um, but but before we go, uh, the floor is yours. Say whatever you want. Promote your shit. Talk about the record label. Talk about your podcast. Talk about everything. I say I don't want to keep you from uh from dinner too much longer, but uh yeah um labels doing cool we're, we're gonna have a uh, vinyl for the ldb comp um we're just waiting on the inserts right now to come in it's god this fucking thing has been a nightmare to put together um but that uh that will be out soon uh strangle you vinyls available in store pick one up um and you know we'll have lots of shit coming out soon gates to hell two witnesses vinyl hopefully by the by uh, ldb fest um ldb fest is gonna be awesome again um even though you know i don't have anything to do with that besides being a villain um it's gonna be fun uh hardcore troubadour podcast me and brian wallace from perfect worlds podcast we did an episode about planes trains and automobiles recently so even if you don't just want to listen to dudes talk about country music we'll be doing another fun stuff like that um but uh we're recording currently an episode all about bruce springsteen so um so yeah so you know check it out if you want to keep up with me also you know find me anytime a marvel movie comes out on uh, the jamie york podcast <laughs> all right well thank you so much Ty. this has been amazing I-, I appreciate you as a friend i appreciate your time we'll be back soon oh yeah another year another round are you ready look at the sparks in the air Funky glitter Christmas. Woo! Sole in the rogue can 
온 세상이 들뜬 밤 모두 여기로 모여봐 우리 